Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies. The temple destroyed. Sacrifices ceased. The end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The, the Revelation, Revelation Red Pill, the, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God is now. For, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. to a very special episode of Resistance Chicks. You're joining us for Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. We have with us some of our very closest friends. Joy and Matt Thayer of Sparrow Pictures are in the Resistance Chicks house. Joy and Matt, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you guys are here. Hola. Goodness, we are so excited to be here. By the way, you ladies always look lovely and stunning. And if you are single and looking, I highly <laughs> encourage that you... Uh, find these lovely ladies and and you you've got to be amazing there's got to yeah, be yeah, no, what yeah, are you that, offering yeah, to them i would yeah, like to know Leave exactly a you, got, you got to be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a couple of powerful women yeah powerful <laughs> gorgeous. so awesome are you going to also screen the applications yeah. yeah oh yeah for sure yeah <laughs> send them to joy at <laughs> sparrow pictures i love this so much this is awesome Oh my gosh. Okay, guys. So we are, I, I am more than excited. And I know that if you guys caught last week's episode, I know you guys are eagerly waiting for this one. Um, bringing in Joy and Matt uh, is just, it's kind of a, it's been a, uh, Long time a, a dream in the making in this because <laughs> we're both kind of part of the conservative, you know, reawakening kind of movement. And the one thing that when we get together, we discuss is like, man, the end times theology, it's just like a, it's like a weight that's, that's on us that we yes. can't move forward with it because right. there's this doom and gloom outlook. And, and in order to win or beat the Dr. Fauci's of this world or, you know, the deep state or any of this stuff, we have to know where our power and our authority lies. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what this is all about. Uh, I, we're going to get into some cool stuff tonight. I'm so, I'm so excited because I do want to. Matt is a brainiac, and he he's going to kind of do some of he the nitty-gritty stuff. Yeah. He did an outline. He did an outline. He's one of those guys. Stuff. But first off, just for our viewers who may not know who you are, just kind of introduce yourselves and let them know what you guys have been up to. Yeah. So, yeah. as you can probably tell, I'm I'm Joy out of the Matt and Joy bunch. <laughs> yes. Um, we own Sparrow and Pictures. And I'm, I'm also known as Mr. Joy, so <laughs> there, yeah. True. Yeah. And I'm known as Mrs. Thayer. And if you couldn't figure it out, we do we make movies, you know. So with the popcorn and the reels and all of that, so all, all that fun stuff. But I mean, Matt and I have a very similar background. Matt was 100% homeschooled. I was half homeschooled. My parents were missionaries for a portion of my life, and and so um, we have both been Christians our whole life, and we've heard the gamut of uh, the end times theology and, and we have lots of, uh, questions to pose and, and thoughts to be had tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so I, uh, let's see. So we, we've, uh, cr done three documentaries at this point, Th three feature, three feature length documentaries and one, uh, short documentary. Um, we've won all sorts of awards for commercial projects. Uh, we've done tons short of stories. short stories and commercials and, 
we're now working on a few um, scripted, narrative. scripted narrative projects, mm -hmm. which are going to be awesome. rad. One of them, you guys are going to be super stoked to hear about. Um, and, uh, and then we have, you know, all sorts of dreams to take over the media world, uh, yeah. because, you know, there's all sorts of giants out you there know. to slay right now. So your most Make recent one that we saw was at the moment mm -hmm. of true summit. Yeah. Yes. Selection code. Selection code. Yes. Selection code. Yeah. It was that so was phenomenal. That was really, really, I was actually shocked at how, how that much I enjoyed that. Mike Lindell helped you guys. Well, Mike Lindell asked you guys to do it, right? Yes. Yeah. And so we worked with, um, Oh, can you mute that over there? Oh, that's all right. So yeah, we got we got our out we got our producer over in the other room that's going to be fielding questions. Oh, that's one of the things that we want to just go ahead and anybody that has questions, uh, please uh, put it up into the chats. Um, if you're watching it on uh, the Resistance Chicks Facebook or Rumble or on Spiral um, Pictures. Pictures, our Rumble channel. Um, and uh, and if you want to follow us on Rumble, if you're not following us on Rumble, yes, you should. we do stuff over there too. Um, but, uh, if you want to ask questions, um, we will be interacting with the chats, but we will be cataloging the questions and then answering stuff at the end. Cause you're going to have, so questions. that way we can kind of get through everything. Cause there's a lot, uh, to get through. Your outline you know, looks so. phenomenal, by the way, Matt, oh, thank like you. I am so excited because when last week was an overview to remind everybody, mm -hmm. if you tuned in, even if you didn't tune in last week, don't worry, because we're going to catch you all right up to speed. I, I can tell by looking at Matt's outline, he's going to catch you up to speed, but just understand something. What you're about to enter into is one of those things where we were staying at an Airbnb with Joy and Matt in February of 2022. And there's a snowstorm. Yep. It was for the reawakened tour in Canton, Ohio. And it was, it's like this. This is the way I always explain it. The, the end times theology that we subscribe to, that we are going to present to you from a biblical standpoint that I think is going to be incredibly compellingly convincing um, is one of those things that you can't really say, or you're considered a heretic, a heretic, amongst a lot of Christians, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, Christians of old would draw the Igthus in the sand to like, are you a believer in the early church? <laughs> this is one of those things. So we were staying at this Airbnb and it's kind of like, I, I, Matt said something and I, it kind of tickled my ear. And so I kind of tipped my, t my, my toe in the water, kind of like, well, what about this? And then Matt, and Matt kind of picked up, he like smelled what I was laying down. He's like, well, what about this? And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, kismet. You know, yes, we do believe the same thing. And then that happened. Three hours later, I was like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> With Coach Dave this morning, it happened. And so many people were coming to find out, understand what the kingdom of God mm -hmm. really is. So this tonight is going to blow your mind. And I just want to get your notepad out, get your Bible out. Okay. Put your listening ears on because this one is going to be huge. All right, Matt, do you want to open us in prayer? Yes, please. That would be awesome. So, well, Lord Jesus, uh, we just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in this world and what you have been doing uh, in this world since the dawn of time, Lord, that uh, the lamb uh, was slain before the beginning of the world. Lord, you had the beginning, you had the end from the beginning, uh, and you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the great author. You are the great storyteller. We give this time to you, Lord, and, and let this be revelatory uh, to your people. Uh, let this arm them with the hope that, that we need uh, to bring um, this kingdom to pass on this earth so that you, Lord Jesus, will get the full inheritance that you died for in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good. I like that. I like that. Okay, Thanks. so um, Matt, I was thinking you might just want to take the show away since you've got well, the we'll outline. We'll follow you, We will man. follow you. 
<laughs> We've never done that before well, on our show, by the way. So it's a pretty big oh, deal. We're handing wow, over the that, 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 Thank you. That's, That's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, so, so first of all, um, <clears throat> We're not here to attack anybody personally. I mean, that's the thing is that it's, it's all about ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, this is an idea, like you said, that can garner a lot of emotions for some reason. Right. For some reason, people think that, you know, you go to heaven based on your belief of the rapture. That's true. They um, believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's not true. It's, you know, it's your belief in Jesus and. Um, and, but I do think that how you view the end times does affect how you approach the world mm -hmm. and a life, because I don't know how it couldn't. Um, but we do know a lot of people that preach dispensationalism that, you know, have that point of view. And for the most part, they're fine people. Like they're really great people. And I think they have really good intentions. Could you um, tell and, some people real quick? What it like? Just I was just going to ask real the same quick question. overview for some of our viewers who are new Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what is dispensationalism? Yeah, yeah that's or, good. Or those of us that use smaller words. To <laughs> <laughs> use your word. So uh, dispensationalism uh, is the uh, the concept uh, that that most people, when you say last time, last days, and yes. times, rapture. The Great Tribulation is a seven-year period where the Antichrist reigns on the earth. Like, that's yeah. called dispensationalism. And there are different dispensations, and we're in the dispensation of kind of like Nowhereville. Like, it's not in the Bible. Like, right. that's, that's what dispensationalism yeah. believes. Like, this this period that we're in right now, right. There's, there's nothing, there's no, we're just waiting for the next dispensation, basically. Right, Yeah. And it's based off of the idea that, you know, God told Daniel that there was going to be 70 weeks. Right. Uh, so from the period that, that Daniel was, well, the period, I think it was the, when the, t the temple was supposed to be rebuilt to the point uh, of the Messiah was going to be 70 weeks. Right. And so the dispensationalists, uh, those that believe in the, the end times, the, the, the last seven years, of the great tribulation they believe that somehow god carved off that last seven years and right. because they've gotten the math wrong and we can go on we can go into that on another episode right but essentially that god carved off this last week and it's now kind of hanging out in this kind of indeterminate space like we're all kind seem of like god because god weeks. is a god of order yeah, we're and this is, it doesn't seem very, and so it's I, called a gap theory and it's literally theory. a theory. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it is. And, and, it, um, and it's interesting. So now what, what's interesting about that thing is twofold. One is that it basically, uh, it's based on the idea that God lies, which is yeah, you know, kind of, um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then it's also, um, it's, um, would it be that he lies or he's not exact? Like how how would it, that be interpreted? Yeah, no, it's basically that 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 he lies, and like I said, we okay. can go into that on a whole other thing because I got a I, I, we we want to get into the the symbolism and you know and stuff like that. So Alex, can you put in but, the comments below? Like we're going to talk about the seven yeah, year. Yeah, we should talk about that another um, time. Another point because for those yeah. that are going to want to ask questions, that's on an excellent that. point actually. And and I just I insert and I know I don't want to get too too distracted mm -hmm. here. 
But because we're in the beginning stages of the Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays, I want you guys to get familiar with Matt and Joy's faces because they're going to be coming back on a regular basis, just like Corey and Serge and Jason were last week. Um, Because this, I want you guys to just get used to seeing them. So you can ask them questions and you should be watching and following their channel so that you can get to know them so that when they come back on these Wednesdays, it's more like a family and, and we can really get straight into it. Yeah. 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 That'd be awesome. And so, um, but we're, I, I, and I'm, I'm just a lifelong learner. I mean, I, you guys yeah. know about being homeschooled, uh, as homeschoolers, uh, we just learn to learn. And so it's like, we, we want to, you know, uh, know about stuff. And so I just look at it from the standpoint of the same thing about learning about filmmaking. It's like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm constantly wanting to learn and to read books about it and understand how to do different techniques and stuff. So we hope that people will be wanting to learn with us. Yeah. Right. So, um, so uh, before we get into um, kind of, we, we covered a little bit, but not much, but a little bit of our background um, for how we kind of got, we guess Revelation Red Pilled, but um, <clears throat> would be, um, but uh, some books that I highly recommend for people who are kind of brand new in this space and their minds are kind of being blown by what they're hearing. So um, this one is, is the best. Uh, that I've that you can start with. It's called uh, Paradise Restored. Mm-hmm. It's by David Chilton. It's actually written back in the early '80s, uh, and um, just got my copy uh, today. Yep, oh, there it is. I did Very just good. Come actually. Yeah, it's, it's most excellent. I, I think it's probably become my favorite. You know, if somebody says, "Hey," like today, somebody called me on the phone. Mm-hmm. Or somebody I was having conversations with over the weekend, and they said, um, "Okay." if I'm going to start with any of the books that you've recommended, which one? And I said, this one. Yeah. Okay. Because, because it starts from Genesis. It kind of gets into the whole idea. It goes what through. What if you weren't a homeschooler? Is that the one you'd start with? Oh yeah. No, no, okay. I, I'm very, cause I'm a teacher. Right. And so like, I'm always looking for like, what's the, what, what's the lowest common denominator here? Or what's the easiest point of entry into any thing that's complex right and so and and this isn't super heavy no no i'm gonna be there like dreading reading but i'm like i'm learning something no this is an excellent read he's a very good writer uh and he kind of breaks down the book of revelation oh my gosh wait pause we just had this hail my mom just brought us a bowl of it down, like oh, from wow. outside. Like those we're are, having the we're signs. Having the signs, wow. the signs are outside right now. <laughs> Jesus is coming. Sorry, those are hailstones. Yeah, those are and, you know, and it, and it, My mom just and it could be on fire based off of all of the uh, the chemical action that you guys have had. You know, recently, hailstones yeah. might be like burning. Just where like, where are two headed where are two headed frogs in the Book of Revelation <laughs> this time? I'm waiting um, for the scorpions to come next. Oh my god, right? that was yeah. so funny. Oh, anyway, wow. Sorry, no. Matt. She just came back with it down this bowl. I'm like, why are you bringing me a bowl? We're live right now. Can you just, just put some syrup on that? Put a spoon in it. Bring it back. Oh um, my gosh, that was great. Oh, but this is uh, this is a really great. Uh, but what I like about it is that he goes into like why Revelation is important with the New Te- Old Testament. It's a it's a really great primer. And plus. Um, at the end of it, he he actually has a really great collection of um, excerpts from Josephus nice. that are very important for people to grasp and understand. And he's done a, it's, it's so it's just highly recommended. I, I just devoured it last week. That was week. called. What was it called again? Paradise I'm Restored. Gonna, I'm gonna have Alex put all these in the. Oh, the yeah. Um, well, first off, um, let me let me let me tell you where to get these 
uh, for the best price and actually better than the, Amazon because that's what I pulled yes, up. Yes, yes, best price and um, the fastest shipping actually. Um, it's AmericanVision.org. AmericanVision.org. What's great about that um, site as well is that um, it's uh, a site from Gary Demar. Gary yeah, Demar. Yeah, that's great. Yep, yep. Uh, so it's his site, um, and Gary is a homeschoolers should know Gary. Anybody that did a Becca homeschool when they were kids, uh, yep, he was the he was the guy that wrote your history books. So, oh, dude, wow. my um, mom. I was telling you this on the way home. Yeah, this is when my mom when we were doing homeschool. We did a lot of Alpha and Omega <clears throat> stuff, which I love. We loved. did too. It was too a yeah. little tiny booklet, and it was easy for me to get through. Um, but when my mom got us the Becca, all of a sudden my brother was in eighth grade and my mom was like devouring his history book. I know the they're that, that good. Too. The two things my mom was really concerned about with us doing homeschooled versus regular school was she's like, they're changing our history mm -hmm. and I don't want you guys doing the sex education because this isn't how God designed it. Yeah. And right. we should be the ones talking to you about these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So those were the two things that she was afraid of. This was a long time yeah. ago because my brother is now <clears throat> over 50. Yeah, so AmericanVision.org with uh, the the uh, the bookstore there. Yeah, it's um, like they, it's like way cheaper there. I've just pulled yep, it up and I'm way showing cheaper. it to everybody. So and and I, and they they say twelve like two to twelve days on shipping. I've gotten stuff in two days. No way. Um, super quick. So okay, so that's David Chilton. Now now the book the other book that David wrote is called Days of Vengeance. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay? Now, where this is uh, going into a lot of uh, more of the Bible, right? So just more of like the dominion theology from the whole biblical perspective, so a holistic. This is an expository on the book of Revelation. So verse by verse, chapter by chapter, like his commentary on all of this, all of the symbols, all of the stuff. We're going to actually be reading some excerpts from this tonight. Nice. Um, mind-blowingly good like it's so, just and, and from just, i mean i haven't read this it's one like yet. 650 pages matt it's keeps just, saying the next book i read i have to read this particular <laughs> book and you've come in like in tears a couple times mm -hmm. no way and then because mm -hmm. matt is um i'd say one of his strengths is it being a challenger and so he never just takes things as somebody just says it so then he takes this and then you, you'll find Matt on a table with a variety of books because he's like, wait, where'd he get that? Why did yeah. you know all this stuff? And so he, he, he's come in and he's like, this guy. Knows well, I research, I research for scripts. So it's like, it, yeah. it just kind of comes, you know, kind of natural, but really, really good. I mean, the days the, of vengeance, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into maybe, maybe on a future episode, we'll get into his conversation about so the mark of the author. beast, which is like blowing, mind blowing, really good. And this guy uh, died uh, in the late nineties. Um, and, uh, but this was also done in the mid eighties. Uh, so, wow. but really good. So you're carrying uh, the banner, one, you're carrying the torch. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then this one um, also really good called uh, when the man comes around um, by Douglas Wilson. And this is also like, if somebody asks me like, what's a really easy read, this one is really good. It's a, it's also, um, a commentary on the book of revelation verse by verse, but, um, it doesn't go as crazy in depth as the days of vengeance. Um, but it's, it's really easy to read and really, uh, he's a good writer as well. So, so Alex, can you also look these up on audible to see if, um, it, for those of us that do oh, their makeup yeah. and mm -hmm. listen to books. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then uh, this is a classic. This is actually written by Gary DeMar, and, and um, this is called Last Day's Madness. Yeah. Uh, and um, this has been in print for um, probably uh, three decades or so. And but he keeps kind of coming out with new editions and revising it okay. because it just seems, you know, that this conversation keeps coming up over right. and over and over again. Every single time that there's, you know, a change in power in Russia or some sort of threat of world war or whatever. Um, and so uh, this is really good. But he goes into like all the stuff in Daniel and Ezekiel and just pokes holes in the man of lawlessness and all this stuff. So um, I don't know what the man of lawlessness. Well, the man is. of lawlessness is just some of the stuff that people like have taken and said, "Oh, that must be the Antichrist." The Antichrist yeah. Right, and okay. so like there's things that that people that dispensationalists, those that believe in the um, modern end times theory. That's the other thing I was going to say, is that it is a theory, and that's what's funny is that people talk about it as if it's fact, mm -hmm. and it's no more fact than evolution. Right. So. Um, it's a, it is, really it is theoretical. That. It's true. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start, I, I call it modern end times theology and I'm going to switch that. I'm going to start calling it the modern end times theory. Yep. Modern end times theory. Yep. Because Which it is theory, only. Theories are okay to have. Yep. Theories are fine. Because that helps us to think through things and we're going, hmm, I'm postulating about this mm -hmm. idea. It's when you prove a theory wrong that you're like, well, that wasn't a fact that wasn't, you know, accurate. And so. Um, it's okay for people to theorize about and there's, people but, understand that. But the, the difference, though, you guys, is, and I'll just st straight up tell you, what we're going to bring you, what we have been bringing you, is this, we're, ours isn't theory. Come on. No. no. It's completely 100% right. fact. When right. you line up Matthew 24 with what happened in AD 70, it is line by line factual all the way down mm -hmm. to the, t the there's not a stone laid upon this temple and it be and it will be done within a generation and so you yeah. don't have to have a theory you don't need an yep. end times theory you it can mm -hmm. be factual and we can move forward on facts yes right. exactly exactly and, and, and that's um, where the truth will set us free you know and and, and it is called the uh, the book of revelation not the book of confusion boom and what does that word revelation mean Revelation means revelatory. It means light. It means that, the oh, I can see now. of Christ. Yes, we're going to see yeah. something. It's not yeah. confusion. It's not a theory. It should be mm -hmm. easy to understand, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's not, the, and it's not the, the revelation of the end times. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, who is a person. Mm. And so it's, it's revealing him. It's his character, uh, the new covenant, um, his, um, his, his relationship with his church. So if I um, go to any Bible in my house mm -hmm. right now, in mm -hmm. our house mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. um, when I open the book of Revelations, mm -hmm. what does it say? The, the, a lot of time it just says the, the book of Revelation. It, does, in, it doesn't have the mm -hmm. little subheading. Well, no, the, but, but there are versions that say the revelation of Jesus Christ. But that mm -hmm. is the, the technical term. Do we know where that came from? Uh, Do you ladies know? Well, because it, it comes I'm, I'm from the first verse, totally <laughs> the revelation of and Jesus Christ. The revelation given of Jesus Apostle Christ, John. Yeah. Okay, okay, making sure. So it, basically, it was like a word document that just kind of like takes that line, that first, uh, that first <laughs> sentence, and you know, and makes it the title, right? Yeah, bingo, baby. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. So, I know those are, so here's Joy, proof. Joy's John wrote it on words that that a lot of people are going to be asking. And guys, yeah. just so you know, in the chat, there are no stupid questions. So if we say no. a word that you don't understand, go ahead and just put it in the chat and we'll try to quickly address it because there mm -hmm. are going to be a lot of big words that we take yep. for granted that um, are going to be new to you. 
Well, yeah. and, and I think I know the answer to this, um, but this is something my dad, who is also watching. Hello, Mom and Dad. Hi, Dad. Um, Mom and Dad. And they, they, they said to say hi. They love you oh, guys. Yeah. Um, oh, I love them already. And uh, and so, but one of the things that my dad would always uh, say and ask is, um, if what you're belie currently believing is a lie, hmm. would you want to know the truth? Come on. Yes. Yeah. Right? The answer yeah. is yes. And so, and I think that a lot of people... Uh, who are listening to this and ha like you brought up last week, you know, you're used to kind of swallowing some red pills at this point, mm. uh, opening your eyes to the idea that, you know, you haven't been told the entire truth. Yeah. And I don't think that this is any difference. I mean, this is really to me, uh, end times theology or end times theory, uh, is, um, is the climate change of the church. Uh -oh. It's, it's kind of getting it. to the point where <laughs> I've lived through, you know, the end of the world seven times at least and you know it keeps changing the dates keep changing know. and the bad guys you know, jesus changing. hasn't come back the 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 the, the oceans haven't risen we, uh, we lived through y2k that yeah, was like yeah. the end of the world well and 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 2012 i mean we knew i mean the mayan calendar i, mean, I know Lord, right I mean, was all that, that stuff was for right sure. yeah. that was for sure these people were like legit i know this is the one <laughs> yep oh yeah so anyway um but but you you were interesting last night you mm -hmm. um the you know just like you're kind of like you didn't really have a red pill moment because you just kind of lived with your mom kind of yeah so wait, I wanted to bring up one more <clears throat> book that you didn't put <clears throat> in your stack here really quick <clears throat> was Victorious Eschatology <clears throat> as well Victorious Eschatology is good um I can um it's by um Harold Eberly mm -hmm. um. It's it's a good read. I think that it's I I've, I I really enjoy David Chilton better because he's more complete and more. Well, I I feel like there's robust. some there's some errors that Eberly and the guy that I can't remember the guy who co-wrote it with him, but mm. I believe that just from what I've read and I've read seven or eight books on the on the topic in the last you know year or so, and um just yeah i feel like there's some kind of errors that okay. that he takes but so, it, it's still good to read and i think it's important to read all types of books like mm -hmm. i've read stuff from the the dispensationalist camp as well and um and i think it's good to cross compare i mean that's what we've been taught and, I you know, think especially that we should also, yeah we should also let everybody know who is a dispensationalist who does believe this end times uh we grew up with this we know all right. your points, okay? That mm -hmm. That's why this is so important to us because right. we grew up with this. It's not like some new thing that's that's new to us. You don't, Any argument you have, I've heard a million times. Right. Any yeah. right. argument. Right. Yeah. So I think what, what you had mentioned earlier is how we perceive the world. It, it really impacts our actions. So my, my parents um, helped start the YWAM base on Maui, Hawaii, and they helped start the YWAM base on, in Lakeside, Montana when I was younger. And they came out of um, the, this missionary world, and they went uh, back to a small town that we used to live in, and they got involved with some people that were into some strange things because my parents were uh, open to the church being larger than it was. And so in their pursuit of like, what is God doing? All that kind of stuff. There, there was a moment in time that they got involved with some of the end times theology. So the world, my world was going to end in 1989, 
Right. My parents had um, sold all their stuff. You know, I, I no, was like, just they legit went like down that like. Oh, yeah. For a moment, there was this and it was a brief moment because never yeah. before did they believe this. And then when, when they came out of this, um, it was it was really hard on our entire family. So in uh, because of that belief system and, and other things that happened, I wouldn't say that's the only thing, but because of that belief system and other things that had happened in my life. Um, I decided to get pregnant in 1993 when I was 15 years old because the world was going to end and I wanted to have children before the world Are ended. you kidding? So this is so, another aspect to it. People don't yeah. understand. This is why this theory is so evil and, mm -hmm. and because it causes people to make decisions that are not Holy Spirit-led. So Gary DeMar's right. book, End Times Madness, okay, mm -hmm. was addressing just a story just like yours. I did not know that about you, Joy. That's This is you huge You wanted to, to have kids before the end of the world. And we've seen those apocalyptic movies. Yeah. It's like, they're terrifying. We got to get married. We got to have kids. We're not, there's no priest here. Let's just, we got to, you know, I get that. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I had my daughter at 16 years old in 1994, and I love being a mom, and it was the greatest thing. But my my mom, it, because like I said, she was a researcher, and she had started studying this stuff. She's like, wait, that thing that we were believing for a brief moment is not not only true, it's not healthy. And mm. so she went the well, not true. Yeah. she went the opposite direction. And so she started studying all this stuff. And this is, you know, um, you you had mm. all these people on TBN talking about it. Um, we had the opportunity Jack to... Jack Dan Ippy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of people, yeah. you know, that were sharing the end times theology. And like you said, we're, we're not you know, trying to attack some of these people. There was, you know, some of them had definitely had profited off of this theology. They were very passionate and they were trying to save souls. And that was their goal is that people need to know this because they need to get right with Jesus mm -hmm. and they need to, to go to heaven. But my mom kept saying, you know, um, God would say, do not fear, do not fear. And oh, yet this is a fear-based theology. Boom. And so- that was one of the things that was messing yes, with her is I don't want to teach my children to have fear. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I made a decision based out of fear and 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 a few other reasons. Like I said, it was, wasn't just one thing, but it, that was definitely a factor in my decision-making process. And um, because I also believed in, in saving yourself until marriage, and obviously I made a decision outside of that. And it was a very conscious decision that I had made. And so, but I personally couldn't figure out um, the end times theology because things didn't make sense. Like, like you, with you, we would argue with people that were supposed to be an expert, that were supposed to be smarter than us, but some of their stuff didn't make sense to me. So I, one of the questions I always had was, is the Antichrist a spirit or is it a person mm -hmm. because to me the antichrist is a spirit because it's anti-christ right so if you have jesus that comes and he is christ and he does all these things anything that is anti-christ is anti-christ and so to me that's a spirit so we started having these discussions and so my mom really had started sharing i'm sorry for being a part of this wow. you know group that was exploring this stuff didn't know what I didn't know. Now I want to correct it. And um, and so one of the books that she had ended up coming across was The Victorious Eschatology, mm -hmm. which, you know, again, there's some stuff where you have to throw some bones out. And 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 obviously I'm going to read some more books based on what you've read. <laughs> I've been in Central Bank Digital Currency World this last uh, 
few months, so I haven't read what Matt's been reading. But, um, you know, and but the same kind of thing is it, our money also aligns with our theology and, we can get into that. and, and can stuff totally, as well. So yes. we're, while we're researching different things, they are on the same, they are impacting the same thing. Yeah. 100%. And so my, my journey of this was uh, my mom and dad, uh, my dad never, I mean, from, from what I remember, um, never believed in the end times uh, stuff. Dad, you can comment. Yeah, below yeah, Dad. If, if, you if, I, if I'm inaccurate, <laughs> I know, I know that I know that there was a point because it came up, you know, um, uh, and really started going after the Lord in the seventies. Uh, after mom and I, mom and him got married in the early seventies and and stuff. So by the time I came along in seventy eight, I think he had already kind of gone like I think this is like pretty fear based. Um, <clears throat> and so he started Bingo. researching a. A lot but of you stuff. You guys both said two things, and I just want to highlight those. This is fear-based. Fear-based. Yeah. With joy, I'm with you guys. I'd actually rather be taking down digital banks, you know, the, the, the central bank digital currencies and all these different things. But I can't because y'all are holding me back, okay? <laughs> because we got we got to get to a victorious yep. eschatology, mm -hmm. which in eschatology right. means a study of end times. So continue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, uh, so I grew up, you know, kind of you know, around those types of conversations mm -hmm. amongst a bunch of other types of conversations about how the Federal Reserve sucks and, you know, yeah. and the IRS and <laughs> yeah. income tax is unconstitutional, that well. kind of stuff, right? I don't know. Anyway, so um, so when people said, oh, when were you red-pilled? And I'm like, when well, I was seven, you know, like, it was, it's just, I lived <laughs> that way. Really early on. Yeah, I, mom and dad served up a couple of red pills every night for dinner. Um, so, <clears throat> but we- um, Well, like spinach. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was spinach. It's going to be good for you. Um, it is. But, but I remember very clearly uh, when I was about 15 years old, um, we were going to a church, a uh, little country church. And, um, well, I was homeschooled, like I mentioned. And so part of our homeschooling um, it was doing the Bible studies at the church. And my mom was a part of that. And, and so we were doing, I don't remember if you remember Kay Arthur's inductive Bible study method. Okay. Um, do you remember that at all? It no, sounds we, familiar. We I don't think I don't we, know did, if we it, did that or not. Okay, so the inductive Bible study method um, was very big on, you know, like you're going to dig into this yourself. And so, mm -hmm. like, you're going to get out the Strong's Concordance. You're going to be asking the who, what, where, and nice. where, and why. Why was it written? Who wrote it? All that yes. sort of stuff, right? Okay. So, um, so there, there was a there was a, a guy there who was um, doing uh, who did, did a Bible study on Revelation. And so we were going to do the inductive Bible study on Revelation. And so, you know, of course, we kind of muscle it through, you know, the, the boring first three chapters, right, that everybody's just like, okay, I got to, you know, read through the letter to Sardis, you know, or whatever. And, uh, and so um, uh, we get to it, all of a sudden, it was like, we get done with the third chapter, and then, and he said, okay, next week, we're going to get into talking about the rapture. And, uh, and so I'm like 15 years old, I'm like, sweet, we're going to talk about this rapture. So, you know, of course, you know, I'm reading through this chapter, doing my homework, and you know, it's like the duck Bible getting study. I'm pregnant. Matt's reading through chapters. On right, yeah, that's right. great. That's great. <laughs> Late bloomer. Um, but anyway, so um, so we uh, so we broke. You, know, you have to break out the um, uh, the the colored pencils and stuff, right? You're you're circling verbs and all of that sort of stuff. You're breaking the stuff down. And I'm reading through this. And then we get to the, the, to the Sunday morning before church and we're doing our, you know, our, our Sunday school. And, uh, and he starts reading through this and he says, okay, we're gonna talk about the rapture. And he starts reading through this and I'm reading and I'm, I'm 
following along and all of a sudden I kind of raised my hand and he's like, yeah. And I said, where does it talk about the rapture? And he goes, well, in John, in, in you know, four one, it talks about how John was invited up to heaven and that was symbolic of the church coming and the church is supposed to, you know, we kind of went with him oh, and baby. now we're in heaven and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, and he starts reading and all of a sudden I'm like, uh-uh. Matt, don't you know children like are this? To be and he goes, and he goes, heard. yes. And I said, it doesn't say that. And he's like, he's like, yeah. Well, and he gets into this argument with me as a fifteen-year-old, <laughs> right? But what, not only was it like the innocence of being fifteen, and also just you know being you know kind of that homeschooler that just you know kind of operated on certain diverse social norms, but there was also. <laughs> You know, there, there was also, we're, we're studying it inductively, right? And so we're supposed to be dealing with the text as the text. And I'm going, it ain't there. So, like, Rapture where is it? Rapture is not there. Good, continue. Yes. Okay, wait. So, so, so for, for everybody so, that's been taught that Rapture is in Book of Revelations. Yes. Not found. Not in there. Not in Nowhere. there. Nowhere. Not in there anywhere? Not there. Just, or not, not just in the beginning? It's, well, I, the, the word Rapture doesn't even exist in the Bible. Doesn't because so, because there is a catching up in John. Well, there, no, that's in Thessalonians. Thessalonians. Yeah, but no, but we can we'll, we'll, we'll okay, get we can okay. get into that so in another episode. So but. if anybody <clears throat> wants to prove you wrong, they can read the Book of Revelations. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and they, they can they, and they can, and they can read the Constitution and they can't find church uh, separation of church and state either. Boom. So, okay. um, so anyway, there's um, uh, so now when I got <clears throat> married, my first wife that shall not be named um uh yeah it wasn't her um we we started going to a another church and uh one of the you know the preacher was like he was young he was you know had a he had a you know southern accent and so it was just you know of course he's going to be a preacher and you know and and uh just had this great drawl and and uh you know and he started talking about the book of revelation and i don't know if it was just a southern accent or what but i was kind of taken in and, uh, you know, it's very convincing, you know, when, when, when you don't have some of this, um, knowledge that we're going to kind of unpack here in a little bit, uh, it's really convincing, uh, kind of thing. And it also kind of makes you feel smart because it's like, oh, this ties into Daniel and this is over here in Ezekiel. And it's like, it's all connected. And it's mm-hmm. like, it, it sounds all conspiratorial. Right. Um, and so it really, and that's one of the things that I think that certain people, in our space kind of get attracted to mm-hmm. is that because it feels like it's, Oh, we're making all of these like hidden connections, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so, but then I start I, so I, I read the, I read, I started reading the left behind series. I, I kind of quit like halfway through because I, they kept coming out with more and I'm like, mm-hmm. this feels like a cash cow at some point. Yeah. But, um, but I stopped reading them because I kind of had this, Oh, it wasn't a vision, but my imagination just kind of like took off because, you know, I'm, I'm, well, we're filmmakers. So it's like, you know, we have, obviously we have active imaginations yeah. um, or else nobody would want us to make films because they'd be boring. So, <laughs> um, so we, uh, so all of a sudden I had this, I just vision of, um, you know, here's, uh, you know, the, the devil, you know, walking down the street, walking by a Mardell's and he kind of makes kind of a little bit of a wide circle, but then he like looks in the windows and all of a sudden he sees, you know, like this left behind series. And he's like, runs into the store and he grabs a copy and he's like flipping through it. He's like, no, no, no. And he grabs the next one. He's like, no, well, they're on to us, you know, like, um, and it was like, and, and, and at that point, you know, I'm going, 
okay, there's all these people that are giving good double, like a lot of credit mm. and saying like, he's this brilliant mastermind and all this stuff, but he's not smart enough to like adjust strategies. You know what I mean? Like when it's like, it's like, well, he's just, he's just gonna just, he has to play the script out. Like, I don't know. It was just kind of like something about it just really kind of jumped out at me. And then, you know, when, we, as we started, um, you know, going through, uh, and learning story, mm -hmm. right. So I'm learning story and I read a lot of books about story and Aristotle. Right. Okay. So you're going like, wow, I thought we were lined up for a revelation red pill and we're talking about Aristotle. What's going on here? Um, and, uh, and so, but there's this, um, this concept that Aristotle, uh, talks about called Deus ex machina. And uh, he, and what it means is God in the machine. Yeah. And so it's a plot device where the playwright paints the the uh, hero in such a bad spot that the only way out is for the gods to show up and fix everything, mm -hmm. right? And so this is a, a phrase that is used even today in film critics mm -hmm. where they're like, well, it's God in the machine. It's just God showing up and fixing everything. Okay. So it's like the Calvary coming in basically, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, and it's considered... Um, it's, it's, it's considered kind of a lazy storytelling, very device. lazy storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so my question is, is that if I can write a story better than God. Wow. Wow. That's so good. That is really, I good. like that. That yeah. was kind of another moment where I'm like, uh, yeah, I think we need to rethink this. And so, um, so I dug in, I, I, you know, my dad had the last day's madness dug into that and started kind of just going down that path and started seeing some of these things that we're going to, you know, talk about here in a little bit that I think is going to open up people's minds to, you know, how we need to be looking at the scripture, because really revelation is such a beautiful book. It is. It's just, it, it, it's a travesty, uh, that so many people avoid it because they're afraid. Hmm. And they don't understand it, or it's con they, th they think it's confusing. But or we're going to hope. think it's telling them about bad things that are going to happen to them, and right. no one wants to read that. They'd I mean, read and the no. Psalms, right? Well, and, right. and, and, and it's that very helpless thing. It, it kind of is like Allah wills it kind of thing. This exactly. is, you can't do anything about this. It's going to happen to you. You're going to have to embrace it. This is what's going to take place. The and we just, I can't find that scripturally that Boom. that's how the god is right. the, the rapture with a seven-year tribulation those two things combined mm -hmm. were are brand new in the past 150 years because mm -hmm. when you start yeah. to go down this path of <clears throat> we're gonna have to live out all these horrible awful things you're gonna try to find a way out of it mm -hmm. and yep. so i grew up as a are you pre-trib post-trib or mid-trib okay yeah, right. yeah. i'm i'm no trib uh, Agreed. now and i'm no rapture now and i am victorious now but i grew up if you were a good christian okay mm -hmm. you were going to be pre-trib pre-trib right to the point where matt people would say you have to believe in a pre-trib rapture in order to be raptured yeah yeah that was so crazy yeah but right. again not not biblical no it says there's one one way to heaven yep so um, oh, wait, wait one one second yeah. i want to go back just for yep. a moment because you were talking about storytelling and everything mm -hmm. to me w the devil actually does the same tactics over and over and over again and it reminds me of like he's stuck in groundhog day yes. yeah so he's just reliving the same story all mm -hmm. the time mm -hmm. and he keeps trying to figure out a way to get out of it and so right now we see the same tactics that he did 
um throughout history his tactics aren't new what's happened is that as a society we have developed and now we have technology and so now his tools are adapted to technology and that's that's a new thing but the if you just take it where you're going to take it is we're going to see this repeated over and over and over in history because he's stuck in time and he's Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how -hmm. does he get out of that but everything uh, when when Jesus died on the cross, it mm-hmm. was done. Right, it was finished. So we're we're not waiting for this to get done again. It's already right. been done, and now right. I see. Well, us- I mean, the whole entire the whole entire idea is predicated on the idea that the gospel is a failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. You know, I mean, if you're gonna, you know, it's we like, well, it doesn't actually savior. work. You know, yeah. it's like. What Jesus did on the cross is, was was basically like, well, nice try. Yeah. But what he actually has to do is come down in power, which mm-hmm. is, you know, why the Jews didn't see him in the first place. And it was so, an hors d'oeuvre to a main course. Kind of. I, I see as if we're the bride of Christ. I see it as like, that man's my husband and you're not going to touch me. You know, like right. that's, that's where, well, that's the attitude, right? That's the attitude that, uh, that the church should have. Mm-hmm. And and so, and that's the power. See, that's the thing about Matthew twenty four, is that Matthew twenty four was unfulfilled in in sixty five A D. Right, and you have all of this apostasy going on, and you have all of this heresy. Apostasy is another big word. Apostasy. So like, um, people believing things like, okay, well, yeah, Jesus kind of meant this, or you know, Judaizers that were trying to get people to be like, okay, yeah, you can accept Jesus, but you still got to get circumcised, and you know, all of the stuff that Paul and and Peter and all of these apostles. I mean, forty percent really, of the New Testament is them dealing with heretics. I mean, that's really, right? And so they were dealing with a lot. And so a lot of people don't realize, like, how bad that was at the time. So is is heretics kind of like fake news? Uh, well, it's, what, it's what definitely could we relate a, it well, to? It's, it's, yeah, it's disinformation. It's a spinning of of the truth, or it's a misinformation, <laughs> or um, like Gnostics didn't believe that Jesus actually was, you know, the bodily form of God. They believed that, you know, they you know, spirit and flesh couldn't mix. And so that was impossible. So there's all sorts of different things that Mm -hmm. were going around at the time. And so when you think about it, like Matthew 24 hadn't been, hadn't been fulfilled. Right. So like the whole, the temple was still existence. And so the Jews could consistently and constantly point to that and say, see, you know, we, we still, this, this, this is still the way that God does things. And then all of a sudden when, 70 AD happened and everything was wiped out. That's why the Christian church exploded because the Christian church could go, Whoa, my gosh, like Jesus is in heaven. Like he is sitting at the right hand of the father. He is in charge. Like everything that he said came true. And all of a sudden, boom, it just, it just, it exploded because it it was the fulfillment of his prophecy. So I know, I know we have a lot to get through and we're going to be doing this several times with Leah Michelle, but um, Alex, can you put Matthew 24 in the, in the comments? Because why is Matthew 24? Well, they talked about that last week. They talked about that last week. That's great. And they can go back, but why is it important to the dispensationalist theology? Why is it important? Yeah, why is Matthew 20? Because we've heard Matthew 24 being referenced. Well, because then they can link it to something that Jesus said. Okay. So Alex is going to put it in there. Mm -hmm. And then... But there's some things in there that, like, translations, if you actually go back to the Greek and and look at it, like, there's some some stuff in there that gets... Do you want the whole verse in there? Oh, you just put the whole chapter in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but But there's some stuff in there 
like uh for example um when uh when he sends out his angels to gather his elect um the word angels actually uh, is the same word as used as apostles wow and, wow i didn't know and, that and yeah the word gather the word gather is actually the same word as, as the word synagogue so where do people find and that information so, hold on a second okay sorry <laughs> hold i'm holding <laughs> i'm going somewhere yeah do it i'm going okay I'll, I'll all right quiet. so so the the word synagogue and now what's the interesting is is that when he says when he said in 23 i wanted to gather you right i wanted to gather you like a hen i wanted to synagogue you that's what the word he used oh. right mm. and then in the matthew 24 at the end of that he said I'm gathering my elect. I'm sending out my apostles to gather my elect into, he uses, he adds in the Greek prefix of epi, which means super synagogue. Stop it. Yeah. That's incredible. Like, okay, yeah. so this is our first, if you guys have been waiting, <laughs> this is our first symbolism. And I want you to write that down. Okay. Yeah. So what yeah, we're doing, what what Matt's going to do, and what we we do uh, on our show all the time is try to break some of these words down to help you understand what do they mean to decode right. these words. So what you're saying here is that same word for angels is that it's not angelica. No. Okay. So wow. in the Greek, there's a word like messenger. Okay. Messenger. So the word could mm -hmm. be I'm going to. So basically, that reads. Apostle. I'm going to send my messengers. To mm -hmm. synagogues, synagogue, or how mm -hmm. it's also pronounced in um, the Greek, and you're going to come together, and it, as a like a church, like a like, super, as a super, then it says as a, a super, as body. A super synagogue, the like, super synagogue, a super I, gathering. I'm I'm telling you, when you as you guys tune into this, you're going to start wanting to to sew yourself a cape because you're going to start feeling <laughs> like a superhero here. Okay, because this is yeah. big. This is so empowering, and I also want to add right. as a complete aside. Our viewers are going to be very used to how you guys act together and interact on the show because Lee and I act like a married couple or you act like siblings. But whatever it is, it's identical. <laughs> so they're used to it. So it's fine. We're, we're married. It's just going to happen. Right. And, and we're, no, and we I invited, I invited her to interrupt. Uh, and, and say like, hey, if, is something going over people's heads? Yeah, yeah. So like, like just, just do it. Well, and I think one of the things you know, <clears throat> having. Uh, been with you for many, many, many years, and um, having done podcasts with you, is you you're you're very smart and and you know your information, and all of a sudden you'll say things, and and everybody looking at you is like, I'm like, oh wait, let's let's back it up so they they got what what you you I mean look at look at the books that you've read, it's wonderful, well, it I is, love it's it. very impressive. Lee and Matt are a lot of like. <laughs> Well, I mean, when, when, when we, when we, like you mentioned, uh, hung out together at the Airbnb, all of a sudden I was like, oh, we're like sister brothers. You know what I mean? Like, it it's like, we're all right. like, <laughs> it was like <laughs> instantaneous. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so anyway, um, what's interesting. Okay. So, so this is just a real quick little thought experiment and I won't go into this for too, for too long, but it's an interesting thought experiment is that, so here, here's something I'm going to read. Um, and um, it says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid the land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forest in safety. I will make them and the places surrounding my hill a blessing. I will send down showers in season and there will be showers of blessing. The trees will yield their fruit and the, the ground will yield its crops. 
the people will be secure in their land. When I break the bars of their yoke and rescue them from the hands of those that enslaved them, they will no longer be plundered by the nations, nor will wild animals devour them. They will live in safety and no one will make them afraid. I will provide for them a land renowned for its crops and they will no longer be victims of famine in a land or bear the scorn of the nations. Now, what's interesting... What, what scriptures? What, well, this, that's Ezekiel. Ezekiel okay? 34. But what's interesting is that there's passages like this and I could pull up several others, but you know, we don't have time, but like um, Isaiah. Oh God, Isaiah. I, man, I could park in Isaiah for a long time like that is a great it's one of my favorite books mm -hmm. and there's just such powerful imagery about restoring cities and yes. you know like i mean they're, they're like i mean somebody that dies is less somebody that dies that's less than 100 will be seen as accursed like i mean we're talking about mm -hmm. like longevity of life right so i mean all of these things scripture what? would be this particular scripture for our, our viewers and we can do a little parallel thought experiment with your thought experiment would be used by the dispensationalist not for you no but for a future mm. jewish right. israel okay right what dispensationalist does uh, does is it takes all these really great scriptures that you and i would just love to claim as yep. our own and yes god and you read them and like god's yep. going to do this for me no it's either going to happen way in the future or in, in, in full dispensationalism, this isn't for you ever. It's just right. for Israel. And right. it's what's hmm. what's what's um so dangerous about it is it's this is I will make a covenant of peace. This is the new covenant. Okay. So mm -hmm. if we're under the new covenant, we are under this blessing. And so people would say then, well, how come we're not in safety? Well, you can be. When you read the New Testament, we have the well, sword of the spirit. Yeah. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We yep. can be gathered into his synagogue, into his synagogue. We can be protected. Super synagogue. If you are not mm -hmm. in that protection, then you are not operating in what you should be operating in. And that's what this whole show is about, is to right. give you the tools to know what is yours under the new covenant. Right. Well, and, and, and the thing is, is that, um, well... I'm going to try to hold on to one point to make it in, in concordance with yours, but there are other also people that if you were to take like any references to like God out of this, people would accuse you of like saying like, Oh, well, you, you're saying there's going to be peace on earth. Like there's going to be utopia. That's that, that, that's like totally mm -hmm. like the devil. That's you know? exactly what I mean, we're saying. Actually. Right. It's not exactly what we're saying. Right. <laughs> no, it's totally, it's crazy. And, and, and and it's peace, safety, abundance, security, freedom. Um, but the um, uh, crap. I was going to say something else that was uh, kind of dovetailing off of what you were just saying. Um, I know we've been married for a long time. Yeah. I still haven't got the mind reading thing down yet. I know. Joy, come but, on, man. Um, I'm working on it. I'm working on. It. But but yeah, it's it's oh yeah. So that I can't. It, it's not a part. It's not for you. Oh, and the other thing is, is that, yeah, okay, so, but people will say, well, yeah, but there's Christians over in China that are being persecuted and all this other stuff. Well, the thing is, is you have to look at it from the standpoint of, like, look at some of the parables that Jesus taught, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a seed. Mm -hmm. It's like leaven, right? What does leaven do? It, you know, it starts small and expands, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. to the, you can't get rid of leaven once it's in a loaf. I mean, it's just, it's not going to happen. You can't get rid of it. We had, and, we had that conversation the other day because Abigail makes a lot of bread. Yeah. And so we were just, it was a random you can't conversation. Something. That's good. You can't unyeast it. 
you can't unyeast it because once it's a part of the bread, mm. there's no separating it out. It, right. It's going to continue to grow. Right. Really good. And so, and so you have to take into consideration anybody that's looking at like, oh, we're losing this thing. You have to think about it from the standpoint of this was like handed to three kind of, I mean, to, well, to, to 12 kind of buffoons. This whole idea, Jesus kind of handed it to 12 guys and said, here's my spirit and here's my word. I'll see you later. And <laughs> yeah. And, and we're it's here spread a little bit, you guys. Okay. What? It's, it has spread. It, it has just spread spreading. a little bit, you know, to right. the point where now one in four people on the entire earth ascribe to, mm -hmm. you know, the kingdom, yes, I mean, to God. Spreading. Right. Yeah. So it's spreading. So anybody that believes that we're losing needs to get their head examined and do a little math. Come on. So, um, so you, you just have to kind of think that way because it's like, it's a perspective shift yeah. because it's kind of like, we've all been kind of duped into this mentality that Elijah had where he's like, I'm the only one left. And God's like, no, I got like 7,000 people. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're cute. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, like, you know, be, you know, but stop because because what that does to you is it causes you to feel depressed it causes you to fear it causes you to go hide and, and and want rocks to fall on you i mean yeah. that's 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 what it does it's called hopelessness <laughs> but when you turn it around and you actually go wait no hold on a second the, the, the kingdom has been spreading it has mm -hmm. been the boulder that struck the feet of the the statue and is spreading into a mountain that's going to cover the earth you know yeah um so anyway um so, and this is why I think that like our filmmaking and storytelling perspective is relevant because <clears throat> when a lot of people look at language, they think, oh, well, it's words, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, and so they'll even go so far as to like we were talking about earlier, where it's like, well, it's, oh, well, the Greek meaning of this or the Hebrew meaning of that. And they'll kind of like unpack it from the standpoint of language, because that's what we mean by language, mm -hmm. right? But as filmmakers, we understand that there's all types of different languages, yeah. right? I mean, as as a married couple, my wife constantly tells me about another language called body language all the time. True. It's called breathing. Right, it's called breathing, right? And I have learned to read her body language, <laughs> right? So there's different you okay, kinds. Matt? There's I'm fine, why do you ask? <laughs> oh, okay, just making sure you're fine. Yeah, and there's different kinds of languages. And, um, um, and so we have to learn how to interpret those, those things. Um, and to look at the Bible, um, as literature. Yeah. Right. And so, and people are going to get kind of odd and kind of strange about me calling it literature because people equate literature with like a Daniel Steele novel or something, or mm -hmm. the brothers Karamazov. And it's not fiction that I'm not saying it's fiction. I'm saying it's literature because it, it, literature, literature, it can be, history it can be poetry it can be um you know prophetic mm -hmm. utterances it can be technical writings which you know the, the the god god even you know wrote technical manuals in this thing and so we have but we have to understand and be able to discern which one is which so that we can rightly read it because if i read a poem like a technical manual or i read a technical manual like a poem I'm going to misinterpret it. Right. Yeah, we're going to be going into the Greek. garden with the, the the foxes and with the Song of Solomon. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I got my degree in media communication, so I had to take a ton of communication courses. And so there was interpersonal communication. There was public speaking. One was called organizational communication. 
And I was like, oh, this will be interesting. And organizational communication are people that write recipes and they do the how-tos of putting stuff together, like Ikea. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You yeah. Buy some, that's a communication. You have to communicate mm -hmm. to somebody right. on how do you organize thoughts. And so, mm -hmm. like you're saying, if we're talking about a language, mm -hmm. it, just because you can say words right. doesn't mean you can actually effectively and, and this is well, And this is God's word. Right. So the Founders Bible there, you can go to thefoundersbible.com and use promo code resistance chicks and save 20%. Hey, hey, I waited to get a promo. You know what? I talk about that thing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you, you gave one to General Flynn. We did. We gave one to General and Flynn. It, and one more thing, and then you can go back to your story. Yeah. Is, is the Founders Bible made in China? New. No. It's made in the USA. It is. Yes, ma'am. So. Okay. So, oh, okay. So before we get back to the literature thing, just a couple of quick little notes um, on, okay. So the rapture theory is a theory. Um, and it was started about 150 years ago. And prior to that, most Orthodox Christians believed in uh, what we're talking about right now. So we're actually kind of just going back to the basics of Christian um, theology. The interesting thing was, is that um, there was a, there was a heretic known as Serinthius back uh, at the time of Paul and John. And he was one of the first ones to introduce the idea that Jesus was going to come back and reign for a thousand years. I saw that, Mom. Serentheus? Yeah, Serentheus. I can't restart it. And he, uh, uh, and he uh, was um, also, I, many believe, people believe that John wrote John 1, 2, and 3 and the Gospel of John with Serentheus in mind. Okay. And there's actually an anecdote and a story that uh, John was heading into a bathhouse uh, and saw Serinthius ahead of him in line and basically picked up his skirts and ran the other direction saying and shouting to his followers, uh, basically flee the building because Serinthius, the enemy of the gospel, is in, inside and God might strike it down. Wow. So, and this, okay, and, and this guy believed that Jesus was going to come back and reign for a thousand years. Wow. Wow. That was one of the wow. things that he preached. Ironic that, so it, it, when all of us, you know, when what you're believing uh, could possibly be lining up with a guy that was on Paul and um, John's crap list. Yeah. Probably need to rethink that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just a, just, just a, just a thought. So, so. It, that would be like today, I'm believing everything that the World Economic Forum is peddling, right. but I, I claim to um, be a Republican. Right. There you, okay. go. There you go. Yeah. So, so that, so now what's interesting, and you guys have brought this up, and, uh, and this is actually, you guys uh, revealed this to me, was that um, uh, the Puritans and uh, the, uh, the Pilgrims loved Revelation. Absolutely. It was their favorite Literally book. Literally their favorite yep. book in the whole Their book. favorite book. And they believed in this, uh, what we're laying out for you here. They had a little bit of a different twist. Um, mm -hmm. Theirs was it's still what we're going to, it's called they, like a post-millennial. They believed that they were coming out of the tribulation. If mm -hmm. you read uh, the Geneva Bible study notes, then mm -hmm. you'll see that their antichrist was Pope this, Pope Boniface, right. you know, all these different guys. Um, but the the essence of where their eschatology was leading was that they believed that they were setting up the New Jerusalem and that mm -hmm. Christ's reign would be here on earth as exemplified through the church. And 
that it would happen right. gradually and not, and which is what we we are believing and we're presenting to you guys. But they mm -hmm. did not believe in a seven year tribulation. They did not believe no. in a rapture. And they didn't believe in the physical presence of Jesus coming mm -hmm. down. They believed that as they spread the gospel, which actually spread to the missionary movements mm -hmm. in America, mm -hmm. they're like, we got to spread this. We have to uh, produce the, the 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 millennial reign here on earth, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the, now and we always, uh, a really smart guy said, um, you will know them by their fruit. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, the Puritans and the pilgrims, the fruit of their labors was America. Yeah. Uh, the greatest what's, country ever. what, what's the fruit of the modern church? Right. Apostasy. The World Economic Forum. Yeah, the World Economic Forum. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or God taken out of schools, whatever you God want to God taken out of school, right, all right? that stuff, right? And so we're going like, um, maybe we should rethink what we're thinking. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so going back to the the language thing, um, uh, so a lot of people, uh, so cinematic language mm -hmm. um, that you know we're used to, it's like, okay, so colors can mean... Well, you know this. I mean, this is this is just art. It's yeah. like um, yellow can be glory, or it can be cowardice. Green can be life, or it can be greed or sickness. That's good. Um, red can be blood, or it can be courage. Oh wow! Uh, right. So there's all of these different kind of notes, right? So it's kind of like musical notes, right? There's 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 just tonalities and things like that to visual language. Um, so like even like lenses that we choose or compositions um, in, in you know, angles and things like that, they can evoke different emotions. And that's how part of the language that you use in cinema. Mm -hmm. So um, which is why I believe that the, the devil has really tried to steal yeah. our art form. Yeah. And yeah. I, I believe that God is going to redeem it. Exactly. And, and, and he is. And, and, uh, and the point is, is that like, you, you have to look at it from the standpoint of like, okay, it's not just words. It, words is not the only way to communicate language. What are those words? What pictures are those words evoking? And, you know, and all of that sort of stuff. Then there's also the contextual uh, stuff that you need to take into consideration. So, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's like here in, you know, 65 AD, there's a lot of heresy. People are falling away. People are wondering like, you know, I mean, these were all Jews mostly. Right. They were all former Jews. Like they, they, they came out of the Jewish belief system and they, they believed that Jesus was a Messiah. I mean, that was, that was it. Like, it was like, he's the guy that the, our scriptures have been talking about. I mean, this is what the church was comprised of at that point for the most part. And a lot of people don't realize that there was that much, many Jews around the world. Like there was a lot, there was a lot of Jews around the world and they would often come back to Jerusalem. And I mean, there was like, I mean, Acts 2, where they come out and they talk in different tongues and everybody's like marveling. Well, it's because it was a, it was a world city. I mean, it was mm -hmm. a city where a lot of people and proselytes of the Jewish religion would come and even merchants and traders and all this other stuff. So, um, these, so, so the, these books were written to mostly Hebrews, um, that had, that had been in synagogue their entire life understood old Testament references, I mean, anybody that's watched The Chosen, I think that's one of the things that they've done really well is that they've shown how re how replete these people were in the word. Like yeah. they, they they listened and heard the Old Testament since they were knee high to a grasshopper mm -hmm. and they could repeat whole passages. And that was just part of learning Torah and all that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. right? So- <clears throat> Which practicing Jews can do today. Yep, yep. 
And, um, and so they were rich in this Old Testament knowledge and literature thought process. Like you have to kind of like put yourself like, what was that like, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, um, uh, and you guys did a good job of kind of covering like, okay, Revelation, like there's really strong evidence that Revelation was written about right smack dab in the middle of 66 in the sixties of, you know, eighties, sixties. Right. So, um, so then, then there's, so, so that, the, that people group would have understood the old Testament. And so they would have seen and heard like the symbology because like, there's literally thousands of references to the old Testament in, in revelation. The thing doesn't make any sense if you don't know them. It just doesn't. It's hard. It's, 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 it's like, it's a bunch don't, of like the dragons. Don't read. Hey guys, just honest to God, you cannot, you will never understand revelation until you have read the old Testament through several times. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you can read Revelation and it's very helpful. Go ahead and read it and then mark things that don't make sense. And then what you're going to find is when you go back and read, especially the prophets. So Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and, and then the smaller yep. books really are rich in the, and, and one of those would be the seven golden candlesticks. So let me just, you know, you, mm -hmm. the, the seven golden candlesticks is mentioned in um, Zechariah chapter 12. And yep. it's verbatim talking about the Holy Spirit. And you've got these, the, the, the olive oil and, and, and actually it, there's a prophecy, a legit prophecy of the seven churches of the book of Revelation to the T. Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to begin to understand the richness right. of Revelation until you have immersed yourself and do something, do yourself a favor. This, do what I did. I said, Jesus, reveal yourself mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why this is so important to me, and I, I believe to Matt and Joy and to Michelle and everybody, is you want to know something? Jesus revealed himself to me in the Old Testament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can lead people to Jesus just by Old Testament scriptures because mm -hmm. I yeah. know he's the Messiah. And that's what the disciples did. They didn't have a New Testament. And then what John yeah. did is Jesus came to him and said, I want you to show the people how I was revealed in the Old Testament. And the revealing yeah. of Jesus Christ is explaining all the prophecies of the Old Testament in the book of Revelation and yeah. right when they were getting ready to be completely fulfilled. And it's so beautiful yeah. and it's so exciting. So continue. Yes. No. Oh, wait, I want to really quick, and, and I know you're on a roll. That's fine. But I think one of the things that's important is growing up again, growing up in a Christian home and all that kind of stuff, I've heard many Christians talk about it's all about the gospel. You just want to read the gospel. I mean, mm -hmm. if there's anything, that's what you, you're here to preach the good news. And that's what we are. We're here to preach mm -hmm. the good news. But without the Torah, without the foundation, we're talking about this right now in our time, yeah. right? Where we're at in history is, like I was saying earlier, they're trying to erase our history so mm -hmm. that we don't know where we came from. Mm -hmm. they, they're replacing Robert E. Lee with little demonic figures. They're replacing yeah. our history and they're retelling our history. So why wouldn't the devil want us to only focus on the, the New Testament if we don't know the Torah, where the mm -hmm. revelation came from, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, so I think that's a really good well, point I, is we have to read the Bible in the entirety. And I think, there's extra biblical stuff yeah. that we have read that gives the Bible more context because the, we need to understand the end time, the end time stuff. It's on, it's interesting. Um, uh, I haven't done a, a real deep dive on this, but, um, I have seen enough to make me go, Hmm, but it's, uh, the, the, the protocols of Zion, 
Um, there's actually, there's parts of the protocols of Zion that read very eerily like um, the left behind. Like Zionist? Yeah. Like it's like, like they want, they, they want a, 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 an antichrist. They want the third temple built. And so to me, I'm like going like, if I'm the devil and I understand the power of the church and I know that the church has all of the authority, mm -hmm. then the best thing that I can do to get my plan in place is to get all of these people with the authority to agree that it's part of their book. Exactly. Yeah. Like that, I mean, that just, not, I mean, Occam's razor people, like, let's just kind of like, that seems like the most probable thing. Um, so, but, um, and, and what's interesting, and, and to your point, I think it was beautiful what you're saying, mm -hmm. Leah, with the, um, with going dig, dig, you know, doing a deep dive in, into the word of God, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's lots of great, for ourselves, there's lots of great resources, mm -hmm. Um, it's very easy to go, like I said, down to Mardell's and pick up a, you know, pick up an expository or, or the Strong's Concordance or something like that. Where For you're those of you words. that don't live in middle America, Mardell's is a Bible bookstore. Yeah, Bible bookstore. I never grew up with a Mardell's. It wasn't until we came to middle yeah. America that I was like, oh, or, or, Mardell's you know, is a Bible yeah. bookstore. And, and so, frankly, but, or the, you for free guys just use the Blue Letter Bible app. Yeah, Blue Letter yeah. Bible app. Blue Letter Bible app is excellent. It's yep. free. I like to have books in front of me, but it's it's easy and it's free. Everybody yeah. can do this. You can take any passage yeah. and go and look at the original and then, Hebrew. And then you can and then you can cross reference stuff. Like I heard um, Leah talk about um, that. Yeah, you know, this was the, it was Zechariah chapter four on the you seven golden candlesticks. Yeah, yeah. So you cross reference this stuff, and what's interesting is that people will read the book of Revelation and then just go start digging through the newspapers rather than digging yeah. through the Old Testament. Oh, oh, mic drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Come on. And and one of the and and one of the, the the principles of Bible study is that you have to allow the Bible to to, to interpret the Bible. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to have the Bible interpret the Bible. The Bible has to interpret the Bible. Okay. And especially the Book of Revelation, because the Book of Revelation is literally the culmination of the entire Scripture. So you have to have you know this kind of you know curiosity at least. You know, you don't have to be, know everything. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's because it's, it's a big book, and you're you're never going to get to the end of it. I mean, because you're never right. going to get to the end of God. But um, but you have to have at least a mild curiosity, and at least point yourself in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Don't look at the at the newspapers. Look at the Old Testament, and look at the look at the rest of the Bible, and start finding your 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 validation of some of these symbols there. Um, now, the other thing that's really interesting <clears throat> is that, um, and this is key, this is huge, mm -hmm. is that. Um, the, the book of Revelation is written as a, as a covenant. Now, we'll say that, okay? We'll say that and go, yes, it's a new covenant and all that sort of stuff, right? It's literally formatted in the, in, in the format of an ancient covenant. In the same way that Deuteronomy is. In the same way that the book of Hosea is. And, um, and so I'm going to pull open this and this book real quick and i'll yeah. and well, well, uh, this you're... is on this is on uh days of this days of vengeance book um and it's on um pages uh 14 uh through 17 he was already talking about this and kind of opens up this idea but an ancient covenant um was essentially like you know a king comes in and takes over a country and you know this is their document that um everybody agrees to to pay tribute to the king and this is what it takes to stay in the stay in the king's good graces and you know that kind of thing like this is, i mean it, it's it's more elegant than that but it's basically that and so um every every uh ancient covenant mm -hmm. had five parts so there was a preamble 
which is essentially identifying the lordship of the great king, stressing both his transcendence, his greatness and his power, and his eminence, his nearness and his presence. Then there's the historical prologue, which is the second part, which is surveying the Lord's previous relationship to the vassal, especially emphasizing the blessings bestowed. Then there's the third, which is the ethical stipulations, expounding on the vassal's obligations. So basically, it's guide to citizenship within the covenant. Mm. Then there's the sanctions, um, which is the fourth part, outlining the blessings for obedience and the curses for disobedience. And then the succession arrangements, which is dealing with the continuity of the covenant relationship and over future generations. That's really good. So Deuteronomy uh, is broken down, um, you know, uh, with a preamble, the same thing, all five parts. Um, Hosea has all five parts and Revelation, ironically, Wait, I'm gonna send, I'm has send all five really parts. Um, oh, you want to take a picture? Well, I was going to. Okay. So when okay. you're talking about covenants, um, these ancient covenants that mm -hmm. uh, people groups would make, and God made a covenant with the people of Israel. And, and basically what we're talking about with this Revelation red pill is that it was mm -hmm. prophesied in the Old Testament that, that Israel would apostatize, that they would break mm -hmm. that covenant, and that he would make a new covenant. And right. this time, this covenant would be for the entire world would be forever but right. this was a very messy divorce because yes, it was a very messy covenant divorce. god didn't want to break the covenant the no. israelites broke the covenant and right. when jesus was meeting and, and and walking around all of israel and and you know the people were coming in and they were listening but the pharisees and sadducees those who were entrusted with yep. those five parts of that covenant where he was coming to fulfill that covenant and they were supposed to come in to that covenant. You know, he, it said that the law could never make you righteous. God was not happy mm -hmm. with the blood of bulls and goats. He always knew that there would be a new covenant, but he didn't want to divorce Israel. He wanted no. everybody to be in, just come and be engulfed into a new larger family. Okay, so what we're looking right. at when we're talking about AD 70, okay, where there was a fall of Jerusalem, this was predicted, it was mm -hmm. prophesied um, yep. in Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel, okay, and it was, it was going to break God's heart. And when Je Jesus yep. actually, I was just reading today, you know, um, when he was uh, being, being led to the, the, to the cross, there were women who were weeping and Jesus mm -hmm. says, no, no, no. Don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and weep for your children. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because the days of vengeance were going to come on here. Because when you broke that covenant, remember, in Deuteronomy, you had the blessings and mm -hmm. the curses. And you had the cursings. And this mm -hmm. was really laid out well because I've been listening to the audiobook of uh, Paradise Restored by David Chilton, where he talks about this. And he talks about the fact that you, when Israel made a covenant with God, mm -hmm. And they broke that covenant. Mm -hmm. And nobody talks about the punishments for breaking that covenant. And I have to tell you guys something. There's something that a lot of the, the, the people who have this message call those Pharisees and Sadducees at that time the covenant breakers. Mm -hmm. Okay? That they broke that covenant between right. God and his people Israel. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so when you recognize this and you recognize that Jesus was coming to warn everybody, listen, the days of vengeance 
Isaiah 61 is going to be fulfilled. And he read part of it in the temple. He's going to heal the brokenhearted, the the year of Jubilee. But he leaves out one verse and the days of the vengeance of our God, because there was a gap. And this is a real gap because he says within a generation, he says that the the Lord of the, the, the harvest waits a long time until everybody's in and everybody's safe because when jesus destroyed and god destroyed jerusalem those who believed in jesus none of them not a hair on their head was touched they fled to the mountain called pella just like they were warned okay and i want you to encourage you because the running theme through all of this is my god is the same yesterday today and forever and those who are persecuting you today when you grasp this message Mm -hmm. you will believe just like he told believing israel believing israel to pray to pray that god would punish their enemies i i'm Mm -hmm. telling you this is something that we have to grasp Okay. Yes, love your enemies, but we have to stop those, the Dr. Fauci's, the people who are throwing jabs in people's arms. We have to stop that. And if you recognize that God is going to answer those prayers and he has in the past to the point where he annihilated a third of all the, 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 all Jews at the time, because those were the people who were doing the persecuting, who had turned their back on God. When you recognize that God is a vengeful God, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says says the Lord. So this is all time tied in to red pills in every subject but we mm-hmm. are not going to move forward guys and fix our elections okay and stop the censorship until you realize that you need to call on god that he is a vengeful god that he will repay those who have harmed you and he did yeah. so uh when, with the covenant breakers very brief feedback yeah. from myself matt honestly i know about the writing of the original covenant in deuteronomy and I never, and I mean this, like I've never viewed Revelation in that manner. And it only makes sense that if God wrote down a very detailed first covenant, why would he not do that in the second covenant? So you've blown my mind. Well, what, what, so, what, really? Wait, you're going to go into it. I know you've been waiting on all of all right. us. No, 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 that's good. That's good. It's, good. it's all good. I just want to make sure that I, I, I got to make sure. So I can listen. I'm going to write something down so Great. I don't forget it. Because I, I think one of the things that my mom really uh, embedded in me when I was growing up is tell the truth no matter what. And then I met Matt's dad and he taught me the power of words and that words mm-hmm. mean something. And then they changed our words so much and they've manipulated us. But when you actually used to say, um, I pinky promise, my mom wouldn't let me pinky promise because she said, if you pinky promise, it means if you break that promise, they'll break your finger. If you do a blood covenant that, or I cross my heart, I hope to die. Like that was a, um, I like a literal thing. And when you would do a blood covenant, that meant that they would be able to take your life. And so you, you, we've seen people in Hollywood do these, uh, really strange satanic Mm -hmm. blood covenants and stuff. People don't understand the weight of that because when kids say a pinky promise, it's just a little thing. It's like, oh, yeah, a pinky promise. But it actually meant if you break that, I'm breaking your finger. Wow. You break the promise, I break your finger. Mm-hmm. And we, we put see, it. I didn't even know that right now. You're blowing my mind. We've put that in the level of superstition, but when things mean what they actually mean, we put that kind of weight on it. So when we're talking about covenants here, God actually puts a lot more weight on the covenant. He, when he says, I am covenanting myself to you, 
no matter what level of pinky promising we're saying, he he's he's like mm -hmm. I I'll break my if I if I break this covenant I'll break my pinky. Well, he couldn't. You can break my pinky. Like he, he, he he's that serious. He wouldn't be a loving or a just God if he didn't keep what he said. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, so it's like. I mean, it's and it's and and it's and it's also a warning because if he could if he could do it to Israel, come on, what's to keep him from from doing it to another country that turns his back on him? Right, right exactly. I mean, it's like that's why yeah. we shouldn't be afraid. Right, but okay, so because going these back, countries need to be afraid of our God. Yes, but going back to this, it says so. In order to grasp the five-part structure of Revelation, we must first consider how Saint John's prophecy is related to the messages of Leviticus twenty-six. De uh, Leviticus twenty-six, like Deuteronomy twenty-eight, Leviticus twenty-six sets forth the sanctions of the covenant. If Israel obeys God, she will be blessed in every area of life. If she disobeys, however, she will be visited with the curse spelled out in horrific detail. These curses were more, most fully poured out in the progressive desolation of Israel during the last days, culminating in the Great Tribulation of 67, AD 67 and 70 as punishment for her apostasy and rejection of her yes. true husband, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. One of the striking features of the Leviticus passage is that the curses are arranged in a special pattern. Four times in this chapter, God says, I will punish you seven times. Wow. wow. So... So seven chalices, anyone? Um, That's really good. Seven seals. Yeah, so yeah, that was uh, so that was that was in um, the uh, days of vengeance. That's page sixteen. Oh, the Leviticus. Oh, the Leviticus. Uh, it was uh, Leviticus twenty-six. Um, and the number seven, as we will see abundantly throughout Revelation, is a biblical reminder reminder for completeness or fullness. I'll send you the picture. Um, the number four is used in scripture in connection with the earth, especially the land of Israel. Mm. So, yeah. So that's the thing about like the 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 um the chapters off there. The the symbols and the numbers and things like that, right? They mean things, right? And so, um, anyway, so that's that. So that's about the the uh, the covenant. But the interesting thing is, so prophets going back to what you were saying about Jesus, right? Jesus comes, and he says, "Hey." You know, this is it. Um, I'm the one you've been looking for. And um, uh, if this doesn't go well, then, you know, it's not going to go well. Uh, so, um, so, and, and, you know, and he was very tearful about it. It really ripped him up. And, um, and I can imagine, I mean, you think about it, like the weight of a deity that had spent, what, I mean, 20, I mean, all of the time since creation and then specifically, with this nation for 2000 years all of a sudden like is standing there going hi and they're all like crucify him yeah whoa like we're talking like we're talking about heartache yeah you know like heartbreak i mean it was devastating and more bad. than more than even yeah. that is they didn't just yell crucify him what else did they say they, they said let his blood be on the blood of our on our heads and on our children and well, yeah, that was what I was thinking. But that true, let his blood be on. And so they were prophesying their own demise on mm. themselves. And you'll see that on you and your children, on us and our children. Mm -hmm. And we have no king but Caesar. Right. So you'll recognize that Rome plays this integral part. And Rome right. also goes back to, and we're going to do the whole book of Daniel. You guys are going to love it. It's my favorite book the, of the Bible. So the, um, the harlot was riding the beast. The harlot was riding the beast. The harlot was right. Here's one of your big symbols. Mm -hmm. Okay. Decoding. Mm -hmm decoding it okay the harlot 
is Israel who went to play the harlot with Rome. Yep. Rome, Israel was riding Rome's back. You guys have to understand that Rome at the time appointed right. the high priest. The high priest wanted to keep it all kosher and all on the level. They they were in bed with the Romans. You know, Matthew was actually a tax collector for Rome. All right. right. Rome is the beast. Just yep. we're, and we'll go into that another time. But just yep. for your well, just for your brain, Rome is the beast. The harlot is apostate uh, Israel. The right. Jews of the time who looked the Messiah, as you were just saying, they looked the Messiah straight in the eye and they said, we want you dead. And they knew who he was. Those Pharisees mm -hmm. and Sadducees knew who he was. Now, Jesus did say for the crowd, Lord, G Lord God, Father, forgive them for the crowd doesn't know what they're doing. They're being led yeah. astray. But right. the Pharisees and the Sadducees, mm -hmm. Jesus was saying, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. Mm -hmm. I'm coming for yeah. you. Now, yeah. can I, I want to just pop over here very quickly to some of the comments. Mm -hmm. um, Christy says some interesting points, but also a lot of assumptions. I've come here with an open mind, having changed my mind a few times about end times, but I find your hubris at times a bit off-putting. I wanted to address the mm -hmm. hubris and here's why. You have to understand that Leah and 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 myself and Joy and Matt have been sitting on this mm -hmm. for a long time because it's it's hard to present this to people and they come back and they're very angry. People are very mm -hmm. defensive of this. So yep. when when you hear our hubris, wait, wait, no, no, no. There's no hubris. Hubris means excessive pride. What sounds like kind of I had to look it if up. If I'm laughing at end time stuff, please note, and, and I should have right. said this at the beginning, I'm not laughing at anyone that believes this. I am mm -hmm. angry at people that have been perpetuating it and purposefully deceiving people with this. So please mm -hmm. understand that it's not when I, when if I roll my eyes at something or whatever, please forgive me. It's just been in me for so long that I'm so yeah. upset. And you that may actually, you may conflate excitement and then i was gonna that was the last it's excitement point that i was gonna i don't make. have any pride in this i have no arrogance mm -hmm. in this i am angry at the devil mm -hmm. for keeping the church yeah. in a downtrodden yes. position i have yep. legit like there's like here's the thing you you have to understand to present this message is to go against all modern churches except for presbyterians okay mm -hmm. And the Presbyterians haven't joined our movement yet. Paula says, I find this wonderful. I hope that you guys are finding this enjoyable. And um, and, and like Leah said, don't confuse our, like, we are just really that excited about this. We're excited this. and we are well, trying and, to make fun. And, we are trying and, to make this fun. And so we are going to make jokes. And sometimes right. a comedic joke is going to land on the side of somebody who feels burned. And what's going to sound right. like assumptions. Um, no, these aren't, Christy, these aren't assumptions. They are not these, assumptions, these are, actually. These are carefully we, researched over years there none um, of what we give you here is an assumption no. unless we'll we tell you, know. you we'll tell you exactly if we say mm -hmm. it like it's a fact it's because it's extremely well researched and we will give mm -hmm. you the scriptures to back them up yeah and well and it's not just and it's the scriptures but i mean like again going back and saying okay like yeah look at this from the scriptures study the scriptures scriptures mm -hmm. prove the scriptures but then also um there's a lot of church fathers, you know what I mean? Like St. Saint Augustine. I mean, we're talking to like, you know, Thomas Aquinas. I mean, we're talking about like some people back in the day. I mean, that this, this stuff had all been debated, you know, exactly. and, you know, and stuff. And so, 
And again, going back to, you know, you know them by their fruit. If your fruit, I mean, if your belief system is causing people to be hopeless and fearful and fatalistic. Or sell all their things because they think Jesus is coming back and or, have or a baby. Get or get pregnant because, because they're afraid the world's going to end and they want right. to have a baby before the world ends. Or not. That's the other thing, That's too. What most There's so many people that are like, I don't want to bring... Because they think... Right. Mm -hmm. Well... So well, woe so, to you that brings right. a child. And this is this is what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to describe to people, and I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be condescending at all. Mm. I'm trying to under, say this is how you reason through something. This is how you logically look at something, and you go, okay, if that's what that's causing. Now, if it, so, what is the first thing the mm -hmm. first thing that G, that God says in the Bible to mankind? Go be fruitful, be fruitful multiply, multiply, the subdue the earth. Mm -hmm. That has that command has never, to my knowledge, been rescinded, been revoked, yeah. right? Okay, so, so when you have a belief system that literally flies in the face of the first command of God, then you need to think through it mm -hmm. because people are believing that they are not supposed to be subduing the earth. They believe that they do not have dominion, mm -hmm. and they believe that they're supposed to be not populating. It flies in the face of the very command that God gave Adam and Eve. So, logically, logically, any belief system that gets people to do that mm -hmm. is, I'm just going to say it bluntly, it's heresy. Boom. It is not accurate. But again, it, it, you're right, and, and that's not accurate. But when I made that decision to have Georgia when I was 15 years old and get pregnant and have her when I was 16, is there was those scriptures that was like I, we really thought we were heading into the tribulation. I really right. There, we, there were people that had twisted. They they had twisted yeah. things, and one of the things that they would say is it, they would remind you of that scripture of like. Woe unto you that is with child. Mm -hmm. And so, um, mm. you know, this mm -hmm. this year, uh, this last year. And that's why it's this, important to understand why, how 24, Matthew 24 plays into right. this. Right. Yeah. So, because that's where that scripture comes in from. In December of 2022, right. we had our third grandchild. Um, and when my daughter got pregnant, my fr I had friends like, oh my gosh, wh what do you think? Are you scared that, you know, right now she's bringing a, a child into this earth? And I said, I am so excited because this baby is going to have, it's going to be a world changer. Yeah. And so her entire pregnancy, I'm just declaring God's word over this child. Or I could be afraid and just be declaring curses and, mm -hmm. and fear over this baby. And I, I was very fortunate enough to be there when she was born. Mm -hmm. And granted, I made poor decisions when I was 15, but God turns all things around for good. And my granddaughter is going to, to kick some devil butt. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's so awesome. again, going back to the question I asked at the beginning, if what you're believing, currently believing is a lie, you know, don't you want to know what the truth is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because ignorance because, is not bliss. Right. Because again, going knowing what you buy your fruit, like like this is causing some really bad fruit. Mm -hmm. And so by by examining the fruit and saying, mm, this isn't very good, and going back down the branch and looking through the root and going, Oh, I can see the problem because the root is here mm -hmm. and it's flying in the face of the thing that God told us to do in the beginning. I I think we have a right to question it, and I think we have a right to call it out. Mm -hmm. Um and so um and that's the thing. So going back to the whole covenant prophecy thing, 
you know, it's, imp it's important to note Jesus is, is known as the last prophet, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he's, you know, of the old Testament and, um, all of the prophets, what, what prophets were concerned with more is ethical behavior. A lot of people kind of get confused with prophecy because they think like all oh, prophets were about predicting the future. And really what prophets were, where they were coming up and they were taking the covenant and they were going like, Hey, remember this? Yeah, yeah that's really good. Um, uh, this is what God said was going to happen if you keep doing what you're doing. Wow. Right. And, and now you have the a psychic and a prophet. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and then, but then they would, they would say, but if you do this, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And so that's why there's certain parts of prophecy that seem somewhat schizophrenic because you're like, well, were they right or were they not? You know what I mean? But what they were saying where they were calling people out. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you have like in Jonah, mm -hmm. right? Nineveh turns to God and Jonah's mad. Jonah's all mad. Because he's like, they you're going to make you. me a false prophet because, you know, right. um, it's just not going to happen. And, and, and so I was like, that wasn't the no, point. No, he's like, what's the point? The point was, is I was calling him to repentance, yeah. you know? And so and they did. And they, and they did. did. And they did for a time. Yay. And so, um, and so it's, it's, so it's, so that's important to note is that Jesus was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so he was coming down and he was prophesying and saying, Hey, this is it. You mm -hmm. know, like I've laid out all of this stuff. I've given you guys ample time, not to mention, I'm going to give you another 40 years on top of that because of my mercy right? to give ample time for my message to get out there and, uh, to, to save as many people as possible before this happens. Um, but like I said, that was one of the reasons why the church exploded after that, mm -hmm. because everybody was like, oh, wow, he's the dude. He's the guy. He's the dude with his robe dipped in blood mm -hmm. and the swords coming out of his mouth. We're with that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can't be stopped. Right. And that's the attitude that progressed christianity to the point where now we have one in four people on the planet believe in christianity right, right. because and it's going to keep spreading mm -hmm. right. it's going to keep spreading until most of the earth is is um believes that right it, i mean it, it says that, that the whole entire earth will be filled with his glory i mean that's i mean god said that mm -hmm. and if god doesn't lie then that's still forthcoming mm -hmm. it's going to happen yeah. it doesn't matter how dark it looks now it's like we're still the guy with his robe dipped in blood <laughs> With his word of the, the sword coming out of his mouth. I mean, right. that's that's who we that's who we are. That's who we're with. And so, I, and you know what? I mean, there is so much. There are so many notes that Matt has written in preparation for this, and we were going over it today. And I said, Matt, I don't know how to, you're going to get through all of this in one setting because you've studied this so much. Look at all the books you've read, and and you can go into this and try to explain everything to everybody. But um, I, you know, when I read the Bible. You've got Daniel in the lion's den. You got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace. You have got Esther going before the worst king ever. Uh, you it, you've got David, you know, going up against Goliath. And constantly, God is putting us in positions where we have to trust that He is God, and we mm -hmm. just get to partner with Him, and it's, that it's still a process. It's I mean, still a process. We, we get to be a part of the advancement of this kingdom just because we believe that He's. See, we got to stop thinking about our, our our generation somewhat narcissistically. Like, mm. we're, like we're the generation where it's all going to get right, or we're right. the generation where Jesus is going to come back. It's like, no, yeah. we're part of the process. We're we, we're supposed to be thinking about future generations, right? And building glory upon glory, and giving them a leg up so that they can continue the advancement of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Can we punch through some of these common symbols that you yeah. have here? I, I I think we can get through it. I feel good about yep. it. I was looking over them. I think we can. All right. Okay. okay. 
cool. Okay, so common symbols, so mountains versus wilderness. Okay, so this is something that's seen throughout the Bible. Um, Eden, the, the Garden of Eden, a lot of people, a lot of scholars, and, um, and, and this is where, okay, this could be an assumption because nobody was, no, nobody's alive that was there. But, <laughs> what are you basing this but, assumption on? But, you know, the Garden of Eden was on a mountain. And, and one of the reasons why people believe that is because um, that there was just an eastern gate. So there was only a way to get it through to the east. And so that means that there, it was inaccessible um, from other places. And so, um, but um, that there's, but all throughout ancient cultures, you know, the gods were on the mountains, you know, Mount Olympus, yeah. you know what I mean? All that sort of well, stuff. Well, Mount Zion, about, right? Mount, right, Mount Zion, right? Jerusalem was talking about Mount Zion. Yep. Yep. And so mountains are a big deal, mm -hmm. right? And then you have the wilderness. Now, the wilderness was always where demonic activity was happening, right? It was always where you were lost. You were, you know, the demonic, um, the scapegoat mm -hmm. in, um, uh, in, in Hebrew um, rituals and stuff like that. When they prayed over the two goats and one was sent off, I mean, it was basically a goat for the devil. And okay. like it went off into the wilderness. And there's also like you read uh, some of the... Um, jewish translations of of some of these like you go and dig back into the some of the hebrew text and um there's references to you know lilith and you know all this sort of stuff that happened out in the wilderness like it was just like the wilderness was with the demons and even mm -hmm. jesus's own parable about uh the, the demonic the, the demonic that was you know cast out and then you know the the guy came back put everything in order and then left again and then seven more came back well, it was cast out into dry and arid places with no water. So right. it was like, it's the wilderness, right? So wilderness is a big deal. And it's kind of, kind of, and again, going back to this kind of compare and contrast, it's one of the things that you do in like art and in cinema and symbolism, it's compare and contrast. So um, old Jerusalem versus new Jerusalem. If you look at the end of Revelation, it says the, 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 uh, the angel says to John, hey, come out into the wilderness. And he shows him the harlot that's writing on the beast. And it's in the wilderness where all the demonic activity is. Okay. And then he says, hey, come up here. And he takes him up to the top of the mountain. And he shows him the new Jerusalem, which is okay. the bride. So, really? and he says, and he says, let me show you the bride of the lamb. And then all of a sudden, here's this city yeah. on a mountain. Right? So... Again, going back to that symboli symbology that is understood better you know, when you kind of have these Old Testament references, you're like, oh, okay, I'm starting to see, you know, what was so going can, on. Can we stop really quick? Yep. A, a slight pause there. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a harlot slash prostitute and a bride? Because, you know, uh, we've been on Danny and Sherry Silk's mm -hmm. team for many years, and they, they do the loving on purpose stuff. And he would say a bride and a husband have intimacy. And there's well, a difference between intimacy and sex that they're selling for money. There, right. there's some, there's an act that you can do. They're, the, they're a similar act, but one is done out of love. It's done a mm -hmm. sacrifice. It's done out of, I want to give you mm -hmm. something rather than I am getting paid for this. There is no connection. There's no anything. And so people need to understand that the difference be between a harlot, which is being paid uh, for an act, Mm -hmm. Right. Then somebody that's in covenant, that's in right. relationship, and that there's intimacy, safety, security, and, and actual love. And a covenant. Also, and, and the covenant. covenant. Because we've, we've changed the word, we've changed the word love to represent sex anymore. Right. Love is love. You know, they, mm -hmm. they have that Make as love. a yes. common 
thing now, but that is not love. If you, if you read Corinthians, love is a lot of things right. and it's not cheap and it's not easy. Love mm -hmm. is sacrificial. And so he's saying my bride is this and right. I, and I am her husband. This is a thing, but there is a harlot and a beast. And that is, well, the harlot was, was the old Jerusalem. Right. And mm -hmm. that's, that that's confirmed through the prophets, right? Because right. there was Ezekiel, there was Isaiah, I think Isaiah, um, several of the prophets, well, Hosea Can I jump was in, in I just want to jump Hello. in just real quick. Um, a harlot, it, God, it constantly is, is calling Israel a harlot in the Old Testament when they go to, let's say, a king yep. in the Old Testament would uh, join with Egypt to win a battle. He'd say, well, right. why are you going to make your harlotry over here? Or uh, relying on other nations for goods or services or bread or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, you're going to harlot yourself. Now, you have to yeah. understand something. As God is, is, is revealing this to John, mm -hmm. there is no other, uh, there is absolutely no other group of people in the entire world that were covenanted with God mm -hmm. Almighty that could be the harlot. Mm -hmm. You guys, America can't be the harlot. Russia oh, can't be the harlot. China can't be the harlot mm -hmm. because a future Israel can't be the harlot. Okay. Mm -hmm. The old covenant with mm -hmm. God made a covenant with one people and one people only. God is not some God who is marrying all these different people groups. He is not, mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have a harem. Okay, so when you're going back to, and I That's will be very point. confident in yep. this because there's no other way yep. to interpret this it, with using prop, proper uh, biblical exegesis, which is using all the other scriptures together. When God mm -hmm. talks about ha a harlot and he's talking about, he's, co he's comparing and contrasting mm -hmm. his new bride with his old bride. And guess mm -hmm. what? He's not going to care about right. the harlotry of the old bride once he has a new one. So that's why right. there can't be a future harlot that's going to go and right. do something. So when we're talking right. about these, these tribulations and these woes. Mm -hmm. These are only applicable, applicable, applicable. to all the old covenant breakers. Yep. They're, they're not applicable to Jews of today. They're not applicable to America. They're not applicable to anybody. Not, not those woes. Not Matt, do you those, care? You're married to Joy now. Do you, do you care what your other wife did in the past? Like if, if you were to find out, like, no. is that, is that going to bother you if she does something? No, no, well, she's because not. Because you're not married to her anymore. Well, that's not, you're not a har. She's not being a harlot to you. Right, okay. because you're not married anymore. Okay, so when when this is why this is this is really key to everything. Okay, mm -hmm. the what you're talking about in Leviticus, those mm -hmm. woes, where do you where do end timers fit those in? Mm -hmm. They try to put these punishments on a people they were never intended for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can't put a punishment on somebody who didn't make a covenant first. Right. You don't get to have, you don't get to say to somebody 2000 years later who didn't make this giant covenant right. and have the law and have the, have the, the 10 commandments come down and have all these sacrifices and have this big giant relationship. That's not your marriage. No, mm -hmm. none of That's us like modern day reparations. Mm -hmm. None of us were married. Exactly. None of us were married mm -hmm. in, in, in Israel, unless you are, unless you are a Jew, then your ancestors were, but you aren't. You mm -hmm. Because God broke that in mm -hmm. when Jesus came. Mm 
And he said, the kingdom has come. I'm coming. I'm going to break this yep. apart. And this, if you walk away with nothing else, you're understanding the, the, the old covenant and the new covenant, the old mm -hmm. bride, which is called a harlot now. It, mm -hmm. it might be a little bit easier for you to understand. The old mm -hmm. bride, the, the harlot is the old bride. The new Jerusalem is the new bride. The harlot is not mm -hmm. some person, some people group way into the future. Right. Mm -hmm. well, Matt's going to get back to the story, but you, you said a big word called exegesis. Can you explain to, to everybody what exegesis is? Not not exegesis. It's, right. It's not exegesis or Jesus' exoskeleton. I think it's pronounced exegesis. No, it's exegesis. Is it exegesis? Okay. Yep. That's that's how I've understood it. But can you, can you uh, break that one down really quickly and then Matt can go back into Very some of the symbology? Simply, it's taking something in the word of God and looking at all the aspects, looking at the context, looking at the archaeology, looking at the uh, scriptures surrounding it, and then you can come to a conclusion. You can't just pop a scripture off, read it, and then think to yourself, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so like there's a terminology that's thrown around. Um, kind of, a, It's kind of more of a deriding terminology um, for uh, that I've heard. It's called newspaper exegesis. Yes. So it's like... Taking so taking the, so like I was saying taking a revelation and going to the newspaper to interpret, to interpret it. it instead of the old test old testament or to the rest of the Bible Proper and so basically exegesis yeah. is just a, a fancy term for interpretation you know okay. in the sense of like how do I interpret this because it doesn't the, the Bible the Word of God on paper doesn't really do anything. It's mm. like, it, it, it has to be understood and it has mm -hmm. to be applied. And so I, to apply it, I have to interpret it. And to, I mean, to understand it, I have to interpret it. And so, so exegesis is just essentially that. Um, and then, um, there, and then there's the, um, the land and, and then the sea. This is one of my favorites. You guys hold on to your butts. So, so the <laughs> land fire and water. So the land and the sea, um, the land is referring to um, the uh, the the people of Israel, yes. the land of Israel, and the sea was the Gentiles. And so, there's this amazing image where, like, there's this giant angel that's standing with his feet in one ocean, in the ocean, and one on the land. And it's basically like this whole thing about Revelation is this picture of God saying it's not just about Israel anymore; it's about all y'all mm -hmm. and um i'm making my covenant with with my church and i'm pouring out my spirit on my church and my yeah. church is the new jerusalem where everybody is welcome and this the gates are open all the time and like that's that's who he is and that's what this is about and like you said he couldn't marry the new without breaking off and completely shutting down the old and so people get kind of odd about this, especially in like prophetic circles and stuff like that, where it's like pray for Jerusalem and and things, and 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 that's all fine. But the the and because the, they think like because there has been some really odd stuff that and I'm, I'm that the church has believed and certain people have believed about like Jews over the years, like you know like and they have actually persecuted Jews based off of certain you know like well they were they they you know they killed jesus and it's like well that's just about as dumb as persecuting germans for hitler you know what i mean exactly. like, just like, that's what that's, we say it's because like, the apostles were all jews hello right right that that was mm -hmm. that was all then and that was taken right. care of then and it's done now right and mm -hmm. so now israel is on the equal footing 
with everybody else. Any other nation, yeah. Any other nation, and they're going to come to to uh, to Jesus at some point. I yeah. mean, this is because it says we're supposed to be discipling nations. Nations are going to come to him, um, and so this is. I mean, this is what it's about. So, um, so the the land and the sea is referencing the Gentiles and and the Jews, right. and hey, then you no, have no, the temple, wait, wait, which is interesting because the temple, like you said, you know, there was even a reference in Josephus where the temple was the Holy of Holies was heaven, and then you got the uh, the, the the outer courts, and then the court of the Gentiles, right. which is interesting that that's the one that was called the sea. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so, so there's that, all of this. Where did you get this though? Well, the temple is actually was literally constructed to be like heaven. Mm-hmm. And okay. so that's the Holy of Holies is supposed to it's it's actually a reconstruction of heaven. Right. Right. And so the, the reconstruction of heaven being and then the land of Israel. So, yeah, you've got heaven and earth shall, you know, shall pass away. Now, a lot of this stuff, Joy, you were asking, where does this come from? So yeah. uh, Josephus is unarguably one of the most um accurate historians of the time and Josephus went through um, and he gave context even through the Old Testament right that's what yeah. he, he went back and he would in, kind of say here's here's more context guys for the Old Testament because he, he yeah. had an anointing by God really to preserve stuff that was going to get lost over time for context purposes he also lived during the time of the siege on on jerusalem okay and he actually flipped sides and so we go back to josephus's writings and even secular historians will look and say these are incredibly accurate people that don't even believe in god or the bible they will say the writings of josephus were accurate for the time so when we go back to to kind of find a lot of this stuff we find it from josephus's writings but not yep. just that. Not the just the his, temple but was literally based upon yes, heaven. It's exactly. that it's yeah, not no, it, it says, well, right. yeah, I mean that that's what that it was in in um uh, uh talking about God being a technical writer, you know, back in the plans for the tabernacle. Right. 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 Um it was it was the seat of heaven. I mean, that was yeah. So I I was brought up with the understanding that um creating the temple was David's idea not god's idea like no no we're talking about the tabernacle okay like says that because the temple was was patterned after the tabernacle okay and the tabernacle was given to moses by god okay okay two two different things yeah Yeah. basically this is what my room looks like in heaven and you know here i want to i want you to make one on earth yeah um and so but we we keep the, trying to actually shove yep. God in a box. So this one this one's really this one's really interesting. And and again, if anybody has any questions or or, or anything like that, please ask them in the chat, and we'll we'll try to get to them. Um, but um, the the sun and the moon and the stars, okay, this is a big deal uh, because people. This is where this is where I feel like th- this one's been really easy for people to get, and I understand that certain amount of this, you know, it's like it's new for people. Um, you know, and, and everything else, but this one seems like it's really, it's, it's really Mm -hmm. easy is, um, it's the Prince. Okay. So one of the things, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, we're about two hours in, is that okay? No, we're fine. We're good. We went long. We can, we can go as long as you guys can go. Let's my mom broke last week's up into three parts. Three parts. So they were easier to swallow. And so we will make that available for you guys to go back over them in different sections. Cool. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. So the, the sun, the moon and the stars, 
Um, so there's a principle in in exegesis, mm -hmm. which you know, in, in biblical interpretation, called the principle of first mention. Okay, and so when you look at, um, so when people say like, okay, so even Jesus said that the, the moon was going to turn to blood and the sun was going to darken, you know, and then it's also repeated in Revelation. Yeah, and so people are keep waiting for this moon turning to blood, sun darkening thing. Like it's a literal thing. And there's like, that's what well, well, Putin of... just got out of some of our nuclear agreements. So I can see how it's coming. <laughs> right. Right. And so, um, but this is, what's interesting is that if you go back, what's the first time that the sun, the moon and the stars is mentioned in the Bible. I got your notes. Quiz. <laughs> You're a cheater. <laughs> Joseph. It, no creation. Joseph dream. Uh-huh. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So, all right. I well, I gave you the answer ahead of time. All right. So, but, um, so, cre so creation, Genesis one, God creates the sun, the moon, and the stars. Yeah. And what is he, what, what does it say about them there? What does it say? Oh, they're put in there to tell us signs and times and seasons. And to govern. And to govern. The heavens. The heavens. That's really good. Right. And so then you go to Joseph's dream, which is the second time it's mentioned. And, you know, he, Joseph comes to his dad. And if anybody doesn't know the story, Joseph's a dreamer, of course. And he goes to his dad and he has his dream, right? And he has this dream that uh, he, that, that the sun bowed down to him, the moon bowed down to him, and the stars bowed down to him. Now, Ooh. of course, that was a prophetic dream of Joseph when he was in Egypt, oh. right? And, his, 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 literally his family came and bowed down before him because he was second in command in Egypt. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a great story if you've not read it. Um, but the, at that point where Joseph goes to, to Jacob, right. And says, Hey, I had this dream. And he explains the dream. Jacob didn't go. That's on. Yeah, well, that's weird. He, he, yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Right. He said, he, he, what he said was, Oh, so you think myself your mother and your brothers are going to bow down to you. Oh, so he gets angry at him for having a dream. So, this is like me having a dream of like Matt. You're checking out a girl, and that's like it was a dream. <laughs> but, and and that is that is funny. But the point is, the point is, is that is that Jacob immediately understood it as a metaphor it was and real. immediately grasped the dream. concept, right? Not okay. a pizza dream. So now if if the, the moon turning to blood and the sun darkening is the only, it, like, so if Jesus mentioning it and maybe Revelation was the only place where it was mentioned in the entire Bible, then, okay, I could see the argument of it being taken literally. Yeah. Right? But it's not. And it's, it, it's, it's referenced in Isaiah 13, 9. Okay. Okay, it's referenced in Isaiah 34, 4. It's referenced in Amos 8, 9. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel 32, 7 through 8. Okay. And also in Joel chapter 2. Okay. And now in Isaiah, the first one, it's in reference to the fall of Babylon. Okay. In Isaiah 34, it's in reference to Edom, the fall of Edom. Okay. In Amos 8, 9, it's in reference to this fall of Samaria or basically the 10 tribes of Israel. You got all those, Alex? 
And yeah, so you're saying it like Isaiah 13, 9 says, Behold the day the Lord comes, cruel both with wrath and fierce angle to, anger to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. And you're saying that that is a reference to Babylon, and it did happen. Right. And so that's the que- that's the point, right? And so that's Historical what I say Babylon. to people, because yeah. I've run into people a lot at some of these events. And that's the other thing, too, that, that um, for anybody out there, it's like, this is also a risk for us to come out and start talking about this because there are people that we very much love that we very much support that are on our side that that are building entire belief systems around the other idea yeah can i insert something there matt and so us coming out and saying this stuff is it, it, it is sort of a risk and we love those people and so by no means are we trying to make fun of anybody? We're just mm-hmm. trying to get the truth out there because we're compelled by the truth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's to, to the commenter, um, I think it was Christic, that was that was saying, it sounds like you're just, you know, kind of have this hubris. And you're, you're, Leah and I have very carefully prayed about the revealing of this. And when we talk mm-hmm. to people, what Matt's talking about is in the truth movement, like we like to call it, whether it's the the Reawaken Tour or, you know, whoever we, we find ourselves associated with, most of them believe this. So we would, and they are our very dear friends. So yes. we would never make fun of them and we would nope. never mm-hmm. arrogantly gloat like, oh, we know something mm-hmm. that they don't know. We're actually trying to go, guys, this is so exciting. And it's a very big deal for all of us to come out with this because we know that it's going to get back to a lot of these people. And then we're going to have to deal with the fallout. They may watch the videos. And the last thing that any of us would ever want is for them to feel like we're laughing. Also say this, they're not, they're not going to, um, right now, those who have that mind, that, that mindset are so entrenched in it Mm -hmm. that we're, we're going for the people not most patriots are ready for this message yeah yeah the leaders may not be Mm -hmm. and so i think that there will be a massive wave of hey you guys there might be something better and that's what we're praying is that people wake up to this and get on board with the victoriousness of christ of christ's church Yep. You know, you know what I do love though is, you know, we we do work with a lot of people that are willing to have uh, conversations about differences of opinions. Yeah. And realize we're talking about ideas. And um, my job as a film producer is to poke holes in the plot lines. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense because of this, and this mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because of this, and. Like your script isn't great yet because right. it doesn't, you know, they're not adding up. And the people that um, that are talking about a different end times theology, when they start discovering this and they start looking into it, yeah. it will absolutely make sense. And they are willing to have conversations. And, um, you know, we, General Flynn always talks about mission over ego, right? That's good. And if we can get our ego away, I'm out of the way i'm constantly saying lord if i'm in your way get me out of the way i want to glorify you in everything that i do everything that we do and um and ultimately i want the truth and so i and growing up my brother would always say the truth hurts doesn't it and my mom would say um the truth will set you free sometimes it also hurts yeah Mm -hmm. you know and so there's never a time where i want to be wrong i'll go into an argument with matt 100% 100% thinking I'm right. And that's why we're arguing. And then halfway through the argument, you're like, oh no, 
I'm going to have to humble myself here because I'm wrong, you know, but I don't, I'm not going to fight with him any further to be right. I'm going to be like, you know what? I I totally, I never saw it that way. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your perspective. And that's our heart right now is that, um, that we want people to have the truth. And if we're missing something ourselves, we're happy to have a discussion of like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you know what, the way you're reading that scripture, like have a conversation, like leave comments in here that aren't attacking, but actually add value. And we will have those. If, if my goal in an argument is to make Matt my enemy, we've lost the argument. If my goal in our argument is to discuss ideas and, and, I really come to a, a healthy conclusion where we're both on mm-hmm. the same side of a table. That's our goal in even having this discussion with you guys is, you know, we're, we're seeing some stuff that's concerning that Christians are abandoning their uh, place their, of stewardship, their, their post, their post yeah. because yeah. of fear, because the, you see the devil's coming, all this kind of stuff. And I'm not about to, to leave a planet to the devil for my right. grandkids. I, right. I'm going to teach my grandkids. To stand up that God is with them, that God is for them, that they are victorious and they should never be afraid of mm-hmm. demonic principalities, mm-hmm. powers, or anything nope. because Jesus did, he was the completion of the work, yep. right? And so we, we, our goal is to spread the gospel to every nation, to every person. Mm-hmm. And if, um, you know, something un- unforeseen happens, that sucks, but I- I'm not going to hide in the closet waiting for Jesus to come you know, rescue me until, until a bad thing happens. Right. Right. No. And, and I, and that's, and I have 100%, 100%. And we're going to have, unfortunately we are going to have to go. Yeah. Um, just because I I drank all my sparkling water and now I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so good. But, but hold on a second, just real quick on, on just to finish up real fast. So all of those scriptures where it talked about the sun darkening and the moon turning to blood, it was all in reference to the destruction, like you mentioned, of those particular nations, because we can't, we don't have an account of those things happening literally, but we do have an account of each one of those nations falling. So that is important. And the same language was used at the decreation of Israel and the old covenant and the recreation or the, or the creation of the new. Which is, okay. you know, what that's you all. You see about, what he so. just did? As a filmmaker, he just left the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Ah, he no, did. He did. No, I know, because we weren't able to even get into the seven seals, which I, I, I really want to, and uh, and so we need to do another show. Oh, we're definitely gonna have you guys back, and I want to also again laying the groundwork with Joy and Matt here, um, so that you guys get to know them is I think to me, for, for me, the primary goal for tonight. And I think judging by how many people stayed with us, like you guys just didn't leave here tonight, then I think you'll definitely come back. Um, Matt, maybe we could just take this one question here before you guys yeah. go. Cause I think this one's important. Isa says, uh, I'm confused. It sounds like you are just saying that the world as it is will never end. What about the lake of fire for eternity? Mm-hmm. It seems that at one point evil will be eliminated for good question mark. yes so um great question that is that. a wonderful question it's a wonderful question so um the there is uh and i and and, and I, i'm gonna re- research this because there was reading something about this um but there's a reference to the heaven and earth passing away in um first peter and uh, the elements that he used was actually it kind of goes back to that conversation that we were having about messengers versus angels Right. So there's kind of a, 
like it, it, it could be used in either way. And the other, and like the, the, the way that it's used in first Peter is the only like for, from the standpoint, it's like every other place it's used in another for the other definition. And I can't remember right off the top of my head, but basically it's essentially what you were saying. It's like the old covenant, like the old ways are passing away. Mm -hmm. I'm making a new heaven and a new earth. Mm -hmm. And the new heaven and the new earth is in reference to land people's, you know, God, his covenant, the, uh, the new Jerusalem. Um, and what I am saying is, is that, is that, yes, it's not going to, it's not going to go anywhere until, um, until it's, it says in the Bible, it says in the Bible that his glory will cover the earth. Mm -hmm. And it says that we will disciple nations. Mm -hmm. And it says that Jesus isn't coming back until all rule and authority have been placed under his feet and his feet mm -hmm. belong to the body of Christ, which is his church. And mm -hmm. so, so, so what we're saying is, is that there is, there is a, an internal damnation. Mm -hmm. It's just that it says, it says that there is a day of judgment mm -hmm. and that Jesus coming, Jesus coming and that day are the same day. So Jesus comes the, uh, and, and, and the last enemy is death mm -hmm. and which gets put under his feet. Right. And both, both the, the saved, the unsaved, the dead, the living, everybody gathers in heaven and there is a day of reckoning mm -hmm. and that then everything is meted out at that point. But it's not like, that's the thing. It's not, it's not like there's a rapture and then so, some people yeah. go to heaven and then like he comes back again. If you're looking and, for Jesus like, to come and save it and to finally destroy right. it at one time. Right. Uh, my friend Corey Gray likes to say, give a visual. Heaven is invading earth. So the right. more that we continue to pray, thy right. kingdom come, thy will be done. It says in Isaiah of the increase of his government and peace, there yep. will be no end. And so right. if anything, we are holding Jesus's final return back by not, right. uh, by not exemplifying and spreading the gospel yeah. into every corner of the entire world to yeah. where it yep. is a place and, and let me just encourage you guys that the founding fathers had this eschatology. Uh, some call it a post-millennial eschatology that they're in the millennial reign. And you know what? The, Alec de Tocqueville came over here from France and he basically stepped in to like the new Jerusalem. He said, mm -hmm. wherever he went, people were singing. They were talking about God. They were reading scriptures. This can and should be in every nation on the yeah. entire earth. And we dropped the ball and people that took that ball out of our mm -hmm. hands. And we we're going to discuss these another time where guys like a, a guy named Darby, a guy named Sto mm -hmm. Schofield and a different mm -hmm. and, and a satanic mindset that said, just hand us the keys and right. you have the keys to, yeah. to the well, gates. And let me, let me of, of uh, heaven and hell. We can take, uh, we, here's the thing. All powered authority was given unto Christ. It's been given to unto us. So you're talking about yeah. demonic authority where you go, you can yeah. bind Satan. Yeah. You can gag Satan. You have authority Amen. over every demonic stronghold. In yes. every area. So let's have a final thought from everybody. Go ahead, Matt. Okay, so that yeah, just a final thought, because um, I do want to take care of my wife's bladder. Um, <laughs> is really important. Right, is very important. Like um, what, what you're describing, what you're describing is literally in the Book of Revelation. It's the it's the liturgy of the church, 
um, and it's and it's it's it is um, built around communion, which the church does not do enough yet uh, enough of. We need to do communion often, or, or nor do we understand it. Nor do we understand it to the level. We but need it's to. communion, and it's the prayers of the saints because the prayers of the saints that are offered mm -hmm. up at the altar, the angels gather those prayers and throw them to earth, and like you said, it's about judgment. Mm -hmm. So, like for example, um, no, you all or you all know Harari. I think that guy's got a Paul anointing on him. And so it's either time to be converted. Turn or burn, baby. Turn or burn. And, and, and the church is supposed to be calling people out like that and saying, you are coming up against our God, just mm -hmm. like David stands in front of the Goliath and says, you're coming up against our God. And so either you're going to accept him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ now, or you're going to do it later. And we are going to pronounce judgment upon you if you don't decide. Mm -hmm. Now that is the church's job, this and that's that job. is that We're is. We're not supposed in to be Revelation. afraid of that little that's, small man. No, and 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 a lot of people are uncomfortable with that kind of authority. But that is the authority that God gave you, mm -hmm. because He said, "Who you forgive, I forgive. Mm -hmm. yeah. All authority has been given to me, and I give them to you. I've given you the keys of the kingdom, and and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The gates do not move. It's an offensive act. That's mm -hmm. so good. We are storming the gates." That's excellent. All right. So um, actually this final question is my final thought. So I'm going to address it because I already have your answer. That was my final thought, which how would you address the opposite happening in our society? We are seeing a falling away from faith and an embracing of perversion and an anti-God sentiment. Unfortunately, and I'm guessing you live in America, we have a very one nation view. When you look at historically as Christianity spreads, if, if you see these time lapses of a map of the world, you'll see Christianity kind of spreads over here and then it comes back here and then it spreads over here and then it comes back here. And, and you watch this time lapse until it covers right like a, a good portion of of the world what has happened is america dropped the ball but that doesn't mean that 30,000 christian people aren't becoming christians every single day in china right now right, right. so right. just because america has backed away from the fight doesn't mean that the advancement of 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 christianity isn't happening around the world we right. need we we were on we were on a winning trajectory we were doing great and then this eschatology came into play and then we dropped the ball but the increase of his government and peace is continuing to happen yep. all around the world. We just have mm -hmm. some catching up to do. And that's why we have right. to flush this toxic uh, end times theology and out the, of our church and system. And the devil is, he, he doesn't have new tricks, but when God does something new, then he'll twist it. Okay. So mm -hmm. God did something new with America and he had mm -hmm. to stop it somehow. He did it in two ways. Number one, he did it with evolution. So if you don't believe that there's a creator, you don't believe that there's a heaven and hell. And then that led to, um, uh, like a like a gnostic type like belief yeah. system and then this end time theology was a second blow to the church yes exactly yep. all right joy do you yep. got some final yeah. thoughts here yeah I, I i think that the spirit and the bride say come and there is no better way I, i've been in good relationships and bad relationships and i was afraid of my ex-husband and i am in love with my husband and i really feel like that um we are to call jesus to earth mm. back to earth be, out of a place of love and That's we are so supposed good. to be in a surrendered position of worship and we know our authority in him and i think that if we abscond our authority um we don't know who our identity is. And I think that that's, again, if we go back to America, um, we have a covenant relationship. We were a nation that chose God and we still have that opportunity to be in covenant with him. And we are not so far over our skis that we've lost it. We have mm -hmm. to repent and we have to say, you know what? Jesus is still our Lord and savior and He's in God king. we trust. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Excellent, yep. Joy. Okay, so I'm going to follow us on Rumble. Follow yeah. them on Rumble on Sparrow, Sparrow pictures. pictures. And I have the links everywhere. It's in the and description. Yeah. It's on resistancechicks.com on today's show. And Joy, if you need to hop away and PY, give my final thought here. I wanted to give my final <laughs> thought with some symbolism just real quick. Um, and I do think we'll come back with the symbolism part two. How yeah. about that? Absolutely. Uh, and we can go over some more of these symbols. Um, so in, in Zechariah chapter three, um, it talks about, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at the right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke you. O Satan, even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and he stood before an angel and he answered and spake unto those that stood before him saying, take away the filthy garment from him and say unto him, behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you and I will close you with a change of raiment. This is a symbol of, of what's going to happen that happens to us we are now that joshua joshua representing uh the the high priest we are now a priesthood so joshua is the high priest why did he have a filthy garment it was it was a it was a symbol and it was actually this wasn't the joshua this is a this was a different joshua uh in in zachariah so he takes away that filthy garment and he said, let him set a fair miter upon his head, which is a crown upon his head. So this is literally a symbol in the Old Testament of God putting a crown upon our heads and a white robe upon us, which John talks about in, in Revelation. Yeah. Um, and That's the angel so of the Lord protested mm -hmm. unto uh, Joshua saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my charge, then you shall judge my house and shall keep my courts and I will give you places to walk among th uh, these that stand by now here joshua the high priest you and your fellows that sit before you for they are men wondered at behold i will bring forth my servant the branch so we know this is a way to decode the old testament so when you see mm. something in the new testament you go back to the old testament you read the entire chapter okay so i see i circle it and i see oh clue the branch that's jesus that means this entire chapter is referencing what will happen when jesus comes okay so be, for behold the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes. What are these seven eyes? Are they real? Mm. Hey, you Baptist, I know you're literalist. You got seven eyes. I, I'm just joking. I'm sorry. I don't want to, I, I make fun. I'm sorry. It's, a, it's I'm kidding. Um, and I will engrave the graving thereof says the Lord of hosts. And I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. So what did um, our, our dear brother in Christ there, Matt, talk about the land. He is saying, he's not talking about when he says the land, the iniquity of the land in one day, he's talking about the iniquity of the land of Israel in one day. He's talking about the branch. He's talking about salvation. And in that day, says the Lord of hosts, uh, you shall call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. Okay, you're coming in and you're telling them about Christ. And then, and the angel that talked with me came again, he walked with me. And as a man that waketh out of his sleep, and he said to me, what do you see? And I have looked and behold, a candlestick of all gold and a bowl was on the top of it. And he had seven lamps thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which were upon the top. And they were two olive trees, one upon the right side of the bowl and other upon the left side. So I answered and spake to the angel and says, what are these things? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, knowest thou not what these things be? Then he said, uh, and he said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel represented the, keysly, the, the kingly branch. And he's saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Jerusalem, Jer Jerubbabel? You shall become a plain. 
the mountain being Jer Jerusalem for be, uh, before Zerubbabel, you're going to become flattened. A, just flattened. And he shall bring forth the headstone, which is Jesus. Therefore, shoutings, grace and grace. And I'm actually going to go to Revelation just to show you how these go together because they're so cool to me. When, when I started to put these together, and I will give you a little bitty hint. In your Bible, in the middle of it, there's what is called a cross-reverence. If you ask God to show you uh, himself, read those cross-references. That's how I figured this all out. So I see the cross-reference, and it tells me to go to Revelation, okay? And he says, uh, John, to the seven churches uh, which are in Asia, grace be to you, blah, 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 blah. And he says... Um, in verse 12, and I turned and saw the voice that spake to me and turning, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks was one like the son of man, which is Jesus with a garment down to his foot, good girt, uh, around mm -hmm. his paps with a golden girdle and his head and hair, hair, his head and his hairs were white like wool. And he goes on to say, fear not for I am the first and the last. I am him that lives and was dead. And there's more to this because there's stars and he talks about the stars in, in, uh, Zechariah and there's this kingly branch and there's this priestly branch. And when he's talking about the seven golden candlesticks and I, I don't have time to go into, um, the two olive trees, which are the olive trees are feeding the anointing and it's really awesome. Okay? We can do it next So time. you're filling, you're filling in the, the anointing. So it's so cool to see how John, the revelator takes from Zechariah. He sees the branch, he's yep. decoding it. And, and, and Jesus actually revealed this when, at the end, when right before Jesus was resurrected, he he said he pulled the disciples aside, the apostles aside, and after he, re he was resurrected, as, after he was resurrected, and he revealed everything about himself to them. So we need to pay close attention to um, the Old Testament to see these different clues. So these yep. seven candlesticks were prophesied in Zechariah. He was prophesying the church that was representative mm -hmm. of what was going to come to be, and this kingly branch and this priestly branch, and now you reign as kings and priests. And so, so those, I'm going to leave you with that. That symbol to sleep on come on boom yay all right. team all right i'm gonna end with a really quick prayer for joy's bladder dearly father i thank you so much for joy and matt and sparrow pictures i just pray that you bless everything that they're you're doing that they are doing for you for the kingdom of god i just thank you that this message is going to be sealed up in every person that's been mm. listening to it that they will share it with everyone that they are called to share it with and then when that person listens their heart will be softened and you yes, will be Lord. the unveiling and the revealing mm -hmm. of yourself mm -hmm. to them as they listen to this broadcast and we give all these things up in your name we thank you in jesus name we pray amen Amen. Amen. Woo. All right, you guys. Yeah, follow Joy and Matt SparrowPictures.com and on Rumble. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. We'll see you next Wednesday for Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays with Corey Gray, Jason Heidinger, and Serge DeRosa. Bye, guys. God bless. Every day, oh, yeah. so afraid, but you call my name.